And we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker. And T-Rex, we're being joined by somebody that we, sh we should have on more often. She was on, God, almost a year ago. We were mentioning this actually before we started the show. And she's known in the horror community and the Masters of the Universe community. And, well, some people know her as Penny Dreadful, but she's also, she's, she, I want to introduce to you Danielle Galerter. Did I do it right? Did I do well, the part well, right? You did that great, Joe. Like, I, 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 you should audition for the next Dracula movie because yeah. you're uh, a dime store uh, Dracula. Oh, no, but I got it. I did get the last name right because I wanted to make sure, like you said, I nailed it. Uh, it is uh, my uh, late husband, who he was of Romanian descent, and uh, that last name is that has that Galerter. It's like, if you pronounce it like that, it kind of sounds right. Okay, yeah, because you said do it with you said do it with the accent. You said try to do it with a Dracula. I, I just wanted to hear you do a Dracula accent. <laughs> oh, so that was it. You're just setting me up all along. <laughs> no, but thanks for joining us. I'll pass it to Tyler so you can say your hellos too. God, I'm so glad to have her back. I mean, can we can we put this in stone? Because we know we know you do like your your one woman show and all that stuff too in your spare time as well. What do we got to do to get you back on the podcast on a fairly frequent basis like we know your talents are in high demand but you know who do we have to kill you know does joe have to raise funds to reveal himself publicly to get you on the pod? what do we have to the do joe, to the joe amato kickstarter campaign to get yeah the like it's a joe's kid like jerry's kid you know i can talk to people in the audience we're trying to raise money to reveal his mask and get you on the podcast more and I'm, know, I'm, I'm i'm so happy to be here i'm here right now and any any time, ask if I can do it. I will, but I can't. I can't do it all the time because I got, as we all do, we all have stuff going on. But I always enjoy visiting with you guys, and I always have a blast talking to you. So, thanks for having me back on. No, and it's always great having you on. And yeah, we're gonna we'll be talking about we're gonna do some discussion of the ninja part of the newspaper comic strip book. You know, in that series, it's the third part. You said, but before that, well, PowerCon just happened. What just a little over a week ago. So. We'd love to hear your your whole experience of going there. Some of the things, the highlights, some of the stuff that was going on because that must have been a blast. Man, it was uh, the whole thing is is like a blur because it went. It felt like it went by so fast this year. Um, I got there on Friday night and uh, right away um, I, w I was working in the toy room, uh, the exclusive room, because uh, to get your exclusives you bring uh, the tickets and we stamp them and then we give you your exclusives and you leave. So the line for the exclusives on Friday was was pretty substantial. Uh, but it was uh, it was great. Like right away, as soon as I walked in, uh, within five minutes of walking in, I saw uh, Val, I saw James Etoc, I saw Pixel Dan, I saw Daniel Benedict, I saw I just all these people just walking around Rachel Crockett, like uh, getting ready for the convention and and stuff. So it, it was nice to see a lot of familiar faces there uh, right off the bat. And then um, Saturday, uh, I, I tell you this this PowerCon was the biggest PowerCon that we've ever had like oh, it was uh sold out on both days on saturday and sunday which awesome. has never happened before i mean the floor convention floor was m mobbed with people uh it was it was really cool like to see that many people there like i mean power cons it's never going to be like uh san diego or anything like that and i wouldn't want it to be like that it's not that enormous but for this year it was a it was a pretty big year for the show uh, and saw uh, just 
it was a good feeling in the air. A lot of good vibes going around. Uh, was there anything that was mainly like the fans were really clamoring and talking about? Like, is there something you think maybe really drew the fans in more, even more this year? Which hopefully they'll continue to grow and grow, but yes, yeah, maybe in particular. Um, I, I I would say the presence of uh, Mark and Rebecca Taylor was like oh yeah really. Uh, exciting like people were just galvanized by the fact that they were there and uh if you've ever, i'm sure you've heard them speak they're just m really good speakers and mark had the entire panel room just uh transfixed with what he was saying it was just like both of them really telling the audience some really inspirational stuff about being creative and uh um you know doing uh staying true to your vision of what you you want to create and stuff and he was uh the videos will be going up on youtube i was gonna ask about that if there was some videos we'll be able to see yeah yeah it's uh the mark uh, i mean it was mark taylor's panel i kept hearing over the weekend that just, people loved hearing him talk um so that they were except people were excited about that and as far as like product is concerned uh as you saw i mean they didn't show anything for uh new for collector's choice or club grayskull uh unfortunately but uh mm. the thing people were talking about the most two things um uh thundercats uh because mattel had uh the uh, groon and uh, jaga in the display case because mattel was there this year they, they came back to powercon um because they weren't there last year they came back this year they brought all this product potential stuff that they want to do but those two thundercats in the case that was the talk of the town and it's a he-man convention but everybody was really excited about the thundercats like this thundercats coming back and there's rumors going around that that i mean if you saw the interview that uh, pistol dan did with brandon sapinski they are in thinking about doing something to bring them back so let's fingers crossed i hope i hope they do it you know uh that would be awesome and then the vintage uh reveals for Masters of the Universe that Super 7 showed. People were really excited about that with uh, Tila. They showed Tila. They showed uh, the He-Man with the, the robot, you know. The, that one had yeah. me. I did think that was pretty cool, the robot yeah. He-Man. Yeah, yep. And uh, what was the, what the, did they show one other one too? Well, I mean, they finally showed, I think, Eldor and Hero package. Well, or yes, package, or package of Eldor and Hero. Yeah, a lot of people were excited. Now, a question oh, for you uh, about that. There was one question, didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, a lot of fans have been wondering, and of course, including myself, with Hero, I mean, is he going to be back metal? Did they mention? Because that, oh man, and a lot of these groups I'm in, people are concerned because they're they're on the fence. They said that's like a make and break for a lot of them because yeah. we know that iconic look. Now, have they mentioned? Because I haven't seen any interviews or anything. I've, I've actually missed all the interviews that have happened, so... Yeah, I noticed that too, Joe. And uh, you're you're not the only one to bring that up. Like several people were standing there looking at the hero figure uh, in the display case and commenting on the back metal and that they hope that he's back metal because I don't know if you've noticed like in previous times that they've shown the hero prototype, they had like a little torso next to him that was back metal, but they didn't have that there this time. And that made me worry too that they're not going to do it. I, Brian didn't mention anything or josh or brian from super seven didn't say anything to my knowledge about it but it would be worth asking like i know they sometimes answer questions on their facebook page so it might be worth just asking if it's going to be back metal or not because i really don't know i hope it is because it needs to be. if they were going to finally get a vintage hero figure it yeah. has to be 
as authentic as possible. Yeah. You know? No, no, agree. It has to have the back metal, but I'll pass some questions to Tyler real quick. Go ahead, Tyler. I, I'm just kind of engrossed in just hearing the experience. Like, can you, can you elaborate like in as much detail as you can stand, just the, the experience, like when you walk in, you know, is, is everybody just kind of mingling with each other? I mean, is, is it, is, is, is it different from a, a standard, you know, uh, convention of, you know, celebrities and autograph signings and stuff like that? What, what's the vibe like? I mean, obviously they're there for the same interest, but does it differ greatly or is it set up the same? What's the, the you know? okay. For me, I, a lot of, I, I'm sure it's not the same for everybody, but I, I, I get the sense that it's the camaraderie that you sense immediately when you walk in uh, is it just, it brings a feeling of joy. Uh, it's just joy. Like everybody is there to celebrate something that they're really passionate about and that they love. And everybody, it's so easy to talk to everybody because everybody just, you, are, you already have something major in common that you talk about. So um, I think um, Jeremy DeWitt, said it best like the next i saw him i met jeremy dewitt from podcasters the universe like i met him on friday night he was one of the people i saw when i walked in him and Steve <laughs> and, and matt um uh rodriguez they were standing there in the hallway and i saw as soon as i saw jeremy dewitt i recognized him from from his pictures and stuff and videos and i was just like oh my god it's jeremy you know and i was like so excited to meet them and we hugged and we talked and it was it was great it was like I already knew them, you know, like I was the first time I ever met them. And it was like, I already, I already, they were like old friends right away, you know, like, and, uh, and the next day Jeremy was like, you know, this feels like a high school reunion, but none of us went to high school together and we all like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. You know, it what does a different age it is. Like you said, with the age of social media, how we can interact so much online. Yes. It's like, we do know each other, even if we've never met each other you know, in person. And that must be a hell of an experience. First, I just want to say hello, because we have some people that are watching us here in the chat and we got Grimbot. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know him. Um, Adam Gabbard, Christopher Dahlberg, Fedmon, uh, and David Mullen and JSP. So thank you all for joining us. But no, that, that is the thing that must be so, it feels so personal and family-like is unlike, like you said, when you go to a San Diego Comic-Con, I mean, that's just covering every damn thing in the world you can imagine. And you're not really knowing the strangers or people are walking by. Sure. You might know some people on the panel, but when it comes to PowerCon, you know what you're getting. You know it's all about masters. So beyond the people that you know that have worked on the properties, you have all these people in the community. So it's finally great to be around. It must feel so close-knit like a family. It, it really, that's exactly what it does feel like. It feels like a family. Like, it's just like a family reunion. It's people, you, everybody says it, but it's it's like once you, you're there and you feel, you see that, it's just, yeah, that's that's just, everybody get is just happy, you know? And then on uh and the creators too, like the guests that come, like uh, on Sunday night, we had like a little party, like a little get together. And we just, we usually do that every year, like every kind of impromptu party. We go out and get some pizza and beer and uh, soda and stuff. And then, um, you know, the uh, fans, all the fans come in, we all hang out. And then a lot of the guests show up too. Like this year, uh, you know, Rob Lamb was hanging out with us and, and uh, Robbie London from the Filmation cartoon. And oh, that was, man. Yeah. First time Robbie London had ever been at PowerCon. He had he didn't oh, really. Yeah, he doesn't do conventions, and uh, he was 
astounded by it because people were going up to him. Like even when he told me I, he created Orco, like I almost like wept because I love Orco so much. I was like, oh my God, thank you. And I hugged him. And he was just like, he was just moved by the fact that it meant that Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power meant so much to so many people on such a deep level and that it resonated so strongly with them 35 years later that they're still like, so passionate about it and he was just really moved by that and and he said he will never forget it he sent me a really nice email after the convention about how much he enjoyed it and rob lamb too rob lamb is such a nice guy like he you just as soon as i saw him friday like he was standing with john carroll and i went up and started talking to him and rob just starts talking about filmation experiences and stories about filmation and all all of that kind of stuff fun fun stories behind the scenes stuff of what it was like to work there and stuff speaking Uh, of that behind the scenes was there any cool little hidden gems that maybe popped up from the filmation or put on the table anybody show anything that was maybe never seen before something like that james uh well james uh did preview the uh, first act of The Return of Faker, which I know Joe doesn't want any spoilers, so I won't say. Well, anything. hey, if you want, I could just take my headphones off uh, and then when you're done. You let can... me hear it. Yeah, go ahead. You <laughs> do it and you give me the thumbs up when you're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not, can you hear, you can't hear me anymore? Okay. Uh, it's, no, not, it's not a major spoiler. It was like James, we had a, a you know, after hours programming, James screened the first act of Return of Faker, which is mind blowingly awesome like dusan if you i know you're listening you're a genius dude like wow uh, <laughs> like it just they they animated this and they created a new episode from what exists you know and they reanimated it and it's just unbelievable with the voices and the music and the sound effects it's just awesome uh and some people from filmation were in the audience i know rob uh, robbie london was there i was sitting behind robbie london and um Cindy, his wife, Cindy, who also worked at Filmation, she was, um, she did something with animation cells. I can't remember what it was now. She worked at Filmation too, but they were watching it and Robbie London the whole time was like shaking his head like this, like he was astounded by what he was seeing. (laughs) Uh, So I hope, I I don't know if James told you about that, uh, Dusan, but I hope that that brings you some joy because he would, everybody was blown away by that. But they had some really, uh, they reanimated, um, you know the the commercial bumpers with Orco. Remember the one they never used. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. They they have that. That's like the bumper they oh, used. Oh my the one god. That never made it onto TV. Like it was like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys did that. That's awesome. Uh, so that was that was really amazing. Yeah. So I won't spoil anything else. It's like you know you've seen clips, bits and pieces. Yeah. You know you know what 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 you're getting. You know so. Oh god, but, that's yeah, just that and no, it was it's so cool to know that staff from formation especially robbie london was there to to see that and i i hope because like, i've looked to see like to try and find how to contact him because mm. god he's got aside from larry detilio working at formation he's someone i just would love to sit and talk to and he's just kind of oblivious to like contact so i i just i'm just glad I'll, that he is now I'll give aware him, I'll of, give him your uh your email or and then if he wants to reach out then he can oh that, that would be great because i i just what I mean, God, that, that guy's got so much stuff. I would love, love, love to ask him about. I mean, yeah. just he oh really God. he was like a major player in, in sort of establishing the, all the different characters and their 
personalities and all of that stuff for the cartoon. So uh, he'd be worth talking to. And he's a really good conversationalist too. Like he'd, he'd tell you a lot of good stuff. Um, Tom Tatter and Alex was there too with his wife, Deb. And Tom is great, really great guy. Like, he seems like a really cool guy to talk to. Oh, big time. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. Axel was there. I told Axel, you said hi. And he says, he says, uh, uh, he says hi and one looks forward to see me, uh, seeing his good friend uh, Tyler in person someday. That he because he has not met you in person yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm glad you did that. I, uh, uh, a friend of a uh, listener to the podcast and a friend Mochi Matt like videotape or video recorded Axel like oh, you know, good, saying hey good. and everything. <laughs> so it was just it's just cool to like you know because he's even asked me too like oh by the way Joe you can you can come back on now. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. love Joe. We love Joe. Just, Hagen. <laughs> Joe. Joe. Oh, okay. Joe, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I was waiting for the thumbs up. I was okay. like, man, you oh, guys must yeah. be. And she did say that that faker. They they make two fakers in this episode. One is Shut a, up, is that... a Manny faces faker. <laughs> faker fights multibot and Roboto. It's awesome. Yeah, it. I mean, it's just it's just an <laughs> orgasm to the eyes there. <laughs> oh, and they get this. Lizard Man comes in and breaks up the whole damn fight. I couldn't believe it. That's true. And did I mention the meteor? So. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys are terrible. Shows up. That's wrong. You guys are terrible. And hello to T-Dog in the chat room. Thank you for joining us as well. So, yeah, uh, Grimbot, I was just reading the messages while you guys were talking, and I didn't know what Grimbot meant here. Maybe you do, Danielle. So, Joe, ask her if she spotted the cameos. Is, is that something that's in the cartoon? Is that... I don't know. Is that in the Return of Faker? Is that what he meant? I I did see one uh one interesting one too. Yes, I know exactly what he's talking about. Who who was it? Who there was, was it? who was it? There was an awesome verbal <laughs> reference to la, 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 la. in there that had me laughing my butt off when I heard it. Is who was Joe, it? Who was it? Joe have you're gonna hate this. So it's like uh, Dusan, can I say this? It's gonna spoil it. I don't I don't know if you want me to spoil it right live on the podcast. I'll t I can tell you after. Unless Dusan okay. gives me permission to spoil it on the podcast. James is going to – I don't want James to get mad at me. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just, like, yeah. I, did, uh. I did catch some cameos. There, there, uh, there are a couple – there was one neat visual cameo that shows up, and there was also a name drop cameo that was – Hilarious. I was going to say, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but right now in the chat room, Grimbot said, yeah, go ahead. So I don't know what he meant, but go yeah. ahead. All right. If James gets back. Thumbs up when you're done. <laughs> uh, so there's one part where um, uh, Orko is uh, like, he's captured, right? So he's, Skeletor is uh, confronted or he's talking to Orko. And then uh, <laughs> Orko says, Oh, I know you. You're Crackers the Clown. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he insults Skeletor. Like, Orko is, like, mad at Skeletor. Like, they drew him, like, he's, like, taunting Skeletor, and he calls him Crackers the Clown. <laughs> Which got a big laugh in the audience. Oh, I can imagine it did. <laughs> but they oh, took the dialogue God. from that episode. And, and actually, Roby Gorin was there, too, in the audience. Who wrote oh, really? That episode. Yeah, he was there, the guy who wrote. And actually, yeah. that guy who wrote that episode has written for like tons of TV. Like he's he's a comedy writer. He used to wrote, write for Laughing, like Ronan Martin's Laughing and Hollywood yeah. Wears and all these these shows. But he was more of a comedy writer, I guess. So 
when he wrote that episode, it was definitely more his uh, his his style of, of writing, I guess. But he was he was there in the audience watching that too. And then there was another uh, cameo where the evil warriors are all kind of gathered together and, and plotting behind Skeletor's back, and uh, they're going to build their own version, their own lair for themselves. They're going to leave Snake Mountain and build their own lair, and then they show the this the the image of it like they have a paper and they show it and it's the vintage snake mountain oh like, that's cool that's yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> it was awesome yeah Boom. uh that's cool I, I, man this is, <laughs> this is a work of genius by these guys god oh, it can't it can't be released fast enough it's amazing like the amount of work that put and james did like a presentation showing like the process it's just the amount of work that went into doing this is astounding like it's gonna blow people away when they see it definitely so that was really cool and um yeah i mean the whole the whole convention was just really fun uh i, I hope you guys can go uh at some point because i think as i know you as passionate as you are i think you would really enjoy the convention and uh everybody's going to recognize you guys from the show too you'll be everybody's going to just start coming up to you and talking to you right away so, so that's what i'd be worried about like if we go to the conception that we're going to go up it's going to be like me and joe getting off the plane it's like the beatles getting off the plane or something like that well <laughs> you know, and, you know or, or so but I, yeah I, i'd be curious to know if people would you know oh, recognize us, yeah you well know. i don't know about joe if you, unless he's walking around with the modulock mask joe could go incognito i guess and people wouldn't, wouldn't know it was him is he is he still Probably. having the head set up Oh, shoot. he was talking earlier. Oh, you ready? Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Well, you guys, you were saying that. No, we were just talking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we were saying you guys, you should guys should come to PowerCon, and I said everybody would recognize you guys because from the from the podcast, and probably people would just start coming up to you and talking to you. But I said, well, I don't know about Joe. If he has the mask, if you don't have the mask on, you could go incognito, and people won't know. I guess you wear sunglasses and a hat, and walk around. Nobody, they wouldn't even. Know. I could have been there this time. And oh, Joe's know. been there. But Joe's been to every power con, and nobody knew. How <laughs> thick would that be? Could you imagine? That? Now talk about a lunatic. Could you imagine if I've been to every one? And it's like, no, I've never been to one of those things before. <laughs> I, yeah, because yeah, I'm some weirdo. Everybody's like, man, who is that guy? What's going on there? And that's why I wear the mask. It's because they're like, oh, you're that shithead that's a power guy. <laughs> so, yeah, might be a whole... Yeah, did they do might... a, uh... Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. No, you go ahead. No, uh, did they do a, 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 a panel for podcasting, Danielle, this year? Because I remember Val no, had mentioned no, something that, about that, doing that. Yeah, Val was going to do that, but he, I guess he decided to, to cancel it. We didn't wind up doing it. What we did instead which was super fun was uh, Gunnar Sadowski from the Grayskull Con. He came over from Germany and he translated one of the German audio plays into English, a script. He wrote a script for it. He just translated it. And it was the one with Faker. It was called Doppelganger. He translated the entire thing into English and then he cast it. He had messaged people uh, over the last few months to cast them in the roles of the characters. So we did like a live audio play reading and it was freaking awesome. Like uh, he had the music queued up. He had sound effects. Now, are we gonna be able to see that on YouTube? I hope. Yeah, I think I think that's gonna go up on YouTube. It was oh. just really fun. It was really fun to 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 do that. I, I played Tila in it uh, with the only <laughs> character and the whole thing. I was like, ah, oh, I wish it was Evil Lynn, but sure, Tila's. Tyler's favorite character, Tila. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, you got Sandy Vagina playing another Sandy Vagina there, so oh, I think it worked oh, out just fine. That's the biggest Sandy Vagina of all. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, 
Hold up real quick. Toki Deathhammer and Delva78, thank you for joining us in the chat room as well. So, yeah, we got a little live crowd here, Danielle. That's how it's been getting here on, well, usually Sundays, but yeah, right. a lot of interaction with the fans. So awesome. I'm sure I have some questions for you later, that's, too. That's probably. great. That's awesome. Is it, uh, what, what's the vendor situation like? Is it pretty much everyone's on classics, or is it, can, can, I, can I go there and find a Fright Fighter? For example. Yeah, totally. You can. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, somebody had a boxed Eternium playset. Like, there. oh my God. Uh, I mean, everything, every, every era of Masters of the Universe, the vendors have a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, you can get, um, I know um, just Daniel Benedict bought a Spider boxed uh, in the box. He bought a boxed Spider. Um, yeah. They had uh, a ton, there's tons of vintage. They had uh, the guys who worked on Fuerza T were there. Oh, for, no kidding. Really? They came up from Mexico, and they have a new toy line that they're doing that's not – it's not Fuerza T, but it's very – Is that the one that Axel's working on? I think it is. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. very similar to Masters of the Universe. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. the guys responsible for uh, Fuerza T? Yeah, yeah. It's like I had no band. idea about that. Axel's told me about the line, but I had no idea that that, that they were connected to that. Yeah, they can't. They they were there at PowerCon. Um, uh, Mad Hunter came up with his collection. He had all kinds of like crazy like bootleg stuff that he was selling. They yeah, had. I was gonna say not to interrupt, but that four is a T real quick. I would have loved to known if anybody asked them questions. Like, remember they had their uh, prototypes of Prince Goldar and Spector, like were some of the unreleased spores of tea figures and i always wondered well hey why don't they just release them for the fans who wanted them especially if now they're making another line you think hell just pump out some other fours of tea but i doubt that's, that question came up that's the first time i've ever heard anybody say they want a figure named Spector. that's amazing <laughs> i know because well, i remember when Spector was shown they were like some people were saying should have got this specter, and then people are showing like this prototype before the team. <laughs> hey, God bless them, but no, Spector and Sir Lazelot. Oh, please, let's not go into that nightmare again. No, oh, no, we're not be doing that tonight. Uh, yeah, Scott was there. Scott and I, like, I was on. I was actually on a panel. It was the second panel I've ever been on at Park. One that was a Dark Horse panel a couple of years ago. I was on a BIOS panel with Scott, me, Eric Marshall, and Scott. I didn't get to say much during that panel, but let's let's just why not at that. <laughs> I was wondering about that because um, <laughs> someone, someone had, con uh, I think it was, I forget, I forget who it was. One of our listeners contacted me and wanted to know what else, what, what all you were responsible for. And I held back from saying you are currently working on the bias because I felt like you don't advertise it. Not that I'm saying that you would need to, but I don't know how well known it is, like who is actually working on the bios currently. So that's why I felt like, I don't know if she want me to tell people right now that she's currently <laughs> well, working on the bios. Uh, they posted an interview with me and Eric when they revealed it a few months ago, so it's kind of out out in the open now. I just don't okay. screaming it from the rooftops. Every once in a while, I'll post about it. Like I was really happy with the new set of bios that that came out, like the card and stuff and the wrap trap. And the yeah, brand. you should be very very all, all four of those. I mean, those were some of the best bios that I think have been put out. For entire like roster of characters, like I, I, I don't remember our last batch because I, I know you guys are instructed to make sure it's tied into some of the stuff, but I felt like th this batch, it, it really feels like it's, I, I, I guess you could say it's connected, but it doesn't feel like it's referencing a lot of the stuff that irritated me with the huh. old bias. Like this, this all feels like good, fresh approaches in treating these characters in a manner that you know what. If we don't know anything about them, or we do know, it's just enhanced. 
you don't feel like anything. And I, I really loved uh, Joe. Have you read the bios by chance? No. Of course you haven't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, no, you no, know, no, no, no. Because against, I, I just, I. It I, ain't I, a spoiler. Good God. Okay. Oh yeah, I just said, yeah, I haven't read, but I should. I, I would probably read them. If you guys, that's okay. Them. You don't You don't have to read them. I'm, um, I, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate it. We're just trying to, like, you know, Eric and I divvy up the bios. Like we pick the characters that you know. It's like picking teams on a playground. Like, all right, you go, you pick first. <laughs> you know, and then we pick the characters that we want to do, and then we, uh, we write the bios. For the card back ones and then we started kind of writing um uh keeping like a, a journal almost of like things we want to hit on or things we want to like address that we didn't maybe weren't as big fans of that we kind of want to try to like work around and or th new things what's, what's an example give me an example of what you're just talking about right there um like for example um trying to think like i don't want to spoil anything that hasn't been revealed. you go ahead go ahead like something like for example i don't like the idea that orko killed all of the snake men like i don't think orko would commit genocide it's against no it's his nature he's an innocent character like he has power magic powers but he wouldn't commit mass murder like that seems like really uh on out of character for for orko so um we've kind of worked something where we can kind of like explain that a little bit or another example is uh when we started doing the bios like and i'm not i'm not knocking scott like he worked really he did a lot of work for years on that stuff and i'm not definitely not knocking him but i'm just saying what like when you get a new creative team that comes in on something we're not like obligated to follow like to the letter every single thing so like scott had killed off a lot of characters that we love right like skeletor was dead sorceress man at arm skeletor was dead yeah yeah skeletor died in, in, in classics yeah skeletor okay. man at arms sorceress zodak merman uh the snake man hordak king hiss Castle like fucking blow attorney up or something yeah. you kidding? see this yeah. is the thing i'm no kid danielle i have missed out on three years of figures. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't tell you the amount of bios I missed. So yeah. like the bios that now knowing you're doing, I guess the reason I haven't read them yet is I was like, do I have to know the insanity that happened for the past three years before that to know what is going on? Like, are you connecting all? See, the thing is, I wish if I had them all laid in front of me, sure, I'd read them. But I was like, I'm three years behind, so I'm lost. And now with you saying this, I'm like, Jesus, everybody's Castle dying. Castle was gone. Castle Grayskull was gone. Is gone. It blew up. So of course. So I was, we, Eric and I were like, okay, we can't let that be like this. Like, you know, we, we have the ultimates coming in at that time. We had the ultimates. So we did, we resurrected Skeletor and then we were like, let's do a resurrection, mass resurrection event. And I know it's ham fisted. It's very like DC comics. Let's but it has, it has to be done. It like has to be. I'm you, not guys, you guys are doing it for the right reasons. You're not doing it to for shock value and stuff right. like that because you got no stories to tell if you kill off all the flagships. It's characters. just, it, I, people were complaining, but it's like, you know what, if you get a, if you get a bone and it's popped out of place and you got to pop it back into place, it, it hurts at first, but then it feels a lot better after it's popped back into place. And that's kind of like how I was thinking of that too. You know, it's like, um, but I don't want to like, I'm not, again, I don't want to like talk crap about what I didn't like about classics like i do did like a lot of the stuff that was there and people might not like a lot of the stuff that we're doing and that's fine like everybody's entitled to their opinion you know but we're having fun doing it it's definitely been no I, I mean I, I would find it hard pressed for 
you know, because and because you guys did the previous batch also with Fangor. And, Eric wrote um, the, Eric wrote Fangor's bio. Yeah, Eric, Fangor, Lorar. Yep. Yeah. Hawk and Quake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones did you do? I did Quake and I did Hawk. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, all those, and I, I, I you know, because when I read those two at the time, I knew that you guys were expected to tie in all that stuff, and I hated that for you guys because. There was only one thing out of the old bios that I thought was a, a cool idea, and that was making Jitsu Lord of Snake Mountain after Skeletor yeah. left. Just because, yes. yeah, I, let, I will forever give Scott credit for that one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but with these, Joe, like I really felt like these don't really feel like they're tied into any like cards, especially is just focusing on that because it, it was so cool to make Card like the the torturous interrogator of Snake Mountain. I thought that was a tremendous idea. I mean, so these that's, that's bios you said that, have it's no kinda, relevance it's, to the old ones. You said I don't have to know those. No, well, not with cards, and uh, because I mean, it kind of references something that Gary Goddard had mentioned about the character anyway. Like this, this character has like these torturous, you know, knives and and things, yeah. and, and Daniel nasty just went, dental, went with that. Nasty, nasty yeah. tools. Yeah, you call it, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, he does have them hanging off his belt. Like, what is what does he do with those? You know. So, well, heck, if you guys, if there's links to them, like you know, after the podcast, if there's links available as bios, please send them to me because I'll read them. Then. Well, they're I mean, posted I, on Facebook. I mean, hell, I remember when they were all, all four, all four when they were posted. I'm like, this yeah, is tremendous. They're, they're out there, so we're we're having fun with it, and then we're doing the Masters Mondays bios too, which is like a digital bio every other week. Um, because Mattel, you know, we got hired by Mattel in 2016 to take over writing the bios. So we wrote all the 2016 bios, but they didn't, because of the stuff with Super 7 and them dropping a lot, Mattel decided to stop doing classics and move it to Super 7. They didn't use them until Rotan and Skelcon, like at the very end of 2016. And they really truncated those those bios too. They cut them way down. Uh, so with Masters Mondays, Mattel finally said we could release them online, like digitally, like every other week, the 2016 bios. And they approved them as official. We got paid for them. Uh, and uh, we put, had to put the trademarks and all that stuff on them. Um, so we and we, we send those to them. Like we sent 2016. So I was like, well, let's let me try to write. See if we can write bios for other things that didn't have bios before, like Screech. Like Screech never had. Like what? What? Where did Screech come from? Like that might be an interesting thing to talk about and pull from different existing. Because we always want to pull from what exists and then. If we need to glue to tie it together with our own ideas, sometimes we do, but we try to like pull from vintage cannons from all over the world. Like I want to like acknowledge all because every can every country that had Masters of the Universe, obviously we had the most here in the U.S., but UK had stuff and Germany and Italy, Brazil. It's like oh, all these different comics and cartoons and and books and things all deserve to be like they deserve a nod too here and there. So every once in a while, I'll throw a villain in from a from a German audio play or something like that. Uh, so I was like, oh, let's submit these to Mattel and see what they say. So we sent in like nine bios for extra things like sidekick characters and artifacts and things like, cause you can use an artifact to anchor the history. Like what happened during this time in history in Eternia and how did this artifact play a role in the events that took place during this time. So we sent that in, we split that in half, sent it in, Mattel approved it. Mattel was like, sure. Awesome. They gave us a I like that. 
Yeah, so they approved it. Uh, thanks to Val, like Val actually is the one who got us the job. I should mention that. Like he actually was the one who got the got the job through MV Creations, and then he subcontracted us to do the bios, and he lets us do our thing. You know. Did you guys use any of the uh, the whole evil Lynn slash Screech thing? Did, was that used for the bio at all? Or I worked a reference into that as well. Yeah, I really Only not the big robot bird though, right? You didn't do that one, did you? I didn't do the big robot bird, but worked <laughs> a reference into something to do with cyber. Cybernetics, yeah. Just, I, oh, I, I tried to like pull from some of the different Screech origins that, that were out there. Like yeah. to synthesize something new from existing material, I guess, you know. Yeah, because like even with Zoar, the amount of crazy different things for Zoar, the one that I got a kick out of was the one that, you know, the other day when I was telling you about that uh, kid stuff, you know, yes. photo out. Yeah. yeah, with that one, how they talked about He-Man saying, by the power of Castle Grayskull, I have the power of Castle Grayskull. <laughs> but, but I was like, okay, well, thanks for saying that twice. And, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but even beyond that, I like the description of Zoar. Zoar sounded like a just a yeah. gigantic bird with 20-foot wingspan. Yes. I was like, well, holy Jesus. <laughs> yeah. like, God, I was like, now that is a giant Zoar. I don't think I've ever heard described. Something out of like Lord of the Rings, right? You know, like the giant <laughs> bird. <laughs> Coming to get Gandalf and fly away. Yeah, yeah, right? but... yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. It is. It's funny, though, because you get all these different like canons that have all the, their their own version of, of things, like the Kid Stuff records, you know, have their... Those early ones were like really strange like really different you know like interesting because you could tell it was like early times but going into the prince adam stuff and then as it went along to the to the kid stuff tapes then you get stuff like that what attack under snake mountain or, or was it yeah so, yeah with the snake men or like it, snake king hisses and snake mountain in the modern day turning and it's like wow this is and he man has a bedroom and prince adam there wasn't even acknowledging him but he man yeah. hey Sleeping with this big old H on his bed. It's yes. basically <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I like yeah the golden stuff and the kids stuff. What was so cool about that is the stuff that was like you know gonna that was in some of that early filmation. You know, I mean in the filmation Bible stuff that didn't make it in the cartoon. A lot of that ended up in the books. You know, some of the weird things like you said with uh the whole Queen Marlena. You know, with the rest of her cast and crew that were you know Biff Beastman mm. and all of them. You know, that was in there. A lot of people didn't like it, but it was there. In the council, I, I think it's when they showed uh, the Hall of Wisdom in that one kid stuff record book, and it was just cool to see it, you know. But uh, of course, we never. Cool, and some things are better left, like as a as sort of a, like, oh, that was an interesting thing that they did, you know. But you know, like the the Biff Eastman thing, I I was never a big fan, and I don't know about you guys, I was. Never Who the hell is? I mean, is there is there anybody that's a heart like carries a flag for TE Scope? beast man i mean i just don't know <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure there's a there's a fan for everything if we got a fan for chef allen here joe's a fan of crackers i'm a fan of lizard man oh, the old uh, chef I'm, allen dig there huh you know i'm just i'm just saying and i i, I i'm not saying it's a jab because i i renounce my my uh criticism of the character in regards to danielle and like hey if I want Azrog and Spider, I got to be willing to accept Chef uh, Allen. Okay, I will admit so. that. Like I said in the chat room, I will. Chef Allen is not like in my top ten most wanted. You, you've been pushing that character since the old, since the. I mean, like the <laughs> the late late days of Rose School. I listened to every episode, and she managed to get in a chef, and I would pull my hair out. I'm sitting in my car, I'm like, 
please, for the love of God, no one listen to this woman. I do not want Chef Allen you know, in this damn line. You know why? It's because I sensed that you were doing that. So I was like, the more I say this, the more Tyler is going to do this and, and freak out. So I, I had to keep saying it. But I did I, watch I, I, Chef I, Allen. God, I, used, I get so frustrated with you. He's not my type. <laughs> you get frustrated I, with me? I did because it was like, she, she's is she doing this as a joke? Because I don't think anyone think I don't think anyone thinks this is a joke. I really I just like oh my god, like I, I it's gonna happen and we're gonna get that the lines gonna get canceled and I won't get Lizard Man. You know, turns What's out it wasn't the case at all. But, you should you were worried? But, uh, yeah, I, I you don't know. worry. It's all good. There's no need to worry. And when Chef Allen comes with the royal, there's a Stuart Cameron drew amazing uh, royal palace with, with the. I Chef saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that would be a good way to get Chef Allen. You get the the Eternals Palace, and Chef Allen's the pack-in. I immediately thought of you because you're the only person I think of. Anytime Chef Allen pops up, I'm thinking, <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure Danielle's pretty happy over I, that one. There, because I, I don't hear anybody else unless Joe says it to piss me off. Or something like that. <laughs> there was trying to do that yeah. stuff. I do, but no, I mean he actually would be a cool character. I remember making him for vintage and for classics, and the fans really <laughs> you put me in his bio. <laughs> yeah, I did. I even put you in there. I was like, awesome. I gotta do that for the bio. So Joe's been writing bios for like eight I years. I taught Chef Allen magic in the bio. Did you like no, it? I, it was I, actually I, cool. <laughs> it was penny penny. I have, I have to ask about this. Now, I mean, we all have our reasons for liking obscure characters. What is your reason for for pushing for Chef Allen? Like, aside from the fact that you know he's an obscure character featured in, in two episodes what what is it that drew you to this like i want a chef allen figure like what is it about the character i think because he's uh he's like he works at the palace like he's part of the palace kind of so like i don't like want, don't get me wrong like chef allen is definitely not in my like top 10 maybe even not top 15 he's uh, he's in my top 50 figures that I want. <laughs> I do want Chef out. I want a lot of figures. Um, but I think it's, I don't know. He was just like a so, sort of like, a, like, a, like Malakta. Malakta was cooler because he actually did stuff. Like he went out yeah. in the dark. But he's like part of that royal uh, circle. Like he Chef gotcha. Allen, like works at the palace, so it would be cool to have like a scene with Chef Allen with like some of the characters in this room or something. But it's a mystery of the character. Like I said, there could be something with him. That's why I made that mysterious bio. I was like, you know what? He <laughs> kind of jazzed up the character a little bit. And by the way, you guys can use that bio if you want. Go ahead, you can take the bio for right. the character. Uh, so right here, you got Joe just gave me permission to, to yep. use the Chef Allen bio. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes you know what's funny is I noticed that with some characters that people didn't like. When suddenly they appeared in a, a comic, and let's say this character never appeared in a comic, or they just gave him a cool edge or something to it, then people were like, damn it, I like the character. You know, sometimes it takes something different. But, oh, quickly, let me say hello to Eric Amen, Tom Bryski, and uh, Motu fandom. Yeah. Oh, hey, Tom. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So we got some more people in the chat room. But, no, it does. It jazzes oh, the character. Really awesome, Chef. Did you see Tom's uh, Chef Allen character? Uh, I did. It looked great. It, it, did he also do the cake? Because I remember sculpting yeah. the cake for my figure. you got to have the Oracle cake with that. He did a ton of cool characters. Like, all those characters, Tom, there's so many good ones. Like, I do want Chef Allen eventually, but I would love to get, like, Lady Slither. I'd love to get yes. uh, Slammerai. I'd love to get uh, the Twiggets. I really want the Twiggets. The Meteorbs. Where the fuck are the Meteorbs? I would love the Meteorbs. I would love like two five packs of the Meteorbs of one evil 
pack and one good pack of the meteorbs. Uh, but I agree with you that they should be bigger. Like, yeah, at least cringer size. It makes sense. Yeah. Like, nobody's gonna have room to have eight yeah. of the beasts oh. at a battle cat size. But yeah. it's the cringer size, and then of course the two that stand up, like Comet Roid and Gorilla. Yeah. They could be regular classic figures. Heck, you could even have like snap-on armor that could give that bulbous look to yeah. them, and the armor could be removable, and they could snap and look like oh. a meteor bag. Oh, and you know what else they need to make? The rest of the new adventures line up. Oh, oh my yeah. god. That's essential. Like, I can't believe we don't have that yet. Like, they need to make the rest of those new adventures characters. Now, with, with you being in the, the in the know a lot with this stuff, you know, what, what outlets are, is Super 7 and Mattel listening to? Like, you know, because, I mean, we're on here talking all the time. We have no idea if, if anybody that's in a, a seat of power, so to speak, you know, if are, what kind of outlets are they looking at? Are they listening to just polls on PayMed.org? Are they listening to, listen to Facebook polls? What, what is it that, you know, w you know, with you kind of having a good idea of, of – I'd imagine you probably have a pretty good idea of what the powers that be listen to, where they get their ideas from, who they're listening to, like what outlets. The, the uh, I would – Definitely say that they look, they're look. they looking at the, the polls that were done on He-Man.org that yeah. had the, the big giant polls with way too many variants of like Bumblebee, you know, Baby Buzz Off and all that crap. I don't know. Yeah. That, 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 I'm, I'm so I, glad I, you I, verified that. You know, but, I didn't do it purposely. But I, understand, <laughs> but I understand somebody wanted that. Somebody voted for Baby. Somebody wants what part of, like, Who the hell wanted that? Like, I don't what? know. I guess people want it. You're right. Um, but, but uh i don't know uh but the polls those polls that they did on human.org i know for a fact they looked at that uh oh you guys are breaking up are we, oh, we are oh okay you're back now okay. uh uh they're looking at the polls they looked at those uh, uh they look at uh social media they do they do especially people like post talking interacting with them on their facebook page things like that they they take note of that uh, at conventions they brian uh and josh talk to a lot of fans like they just every time i saw those guys they were talking to fans constantly and fans telling them what they like what they want the panels like people go up and ask questions at the panels express the kinds of things that they want um you know they they that's the kind of stuff that they they pay attention to but i i guarantee um, that those polls that were done on human error that were just like kind of open to the public, um, those they look they do look at those for sure. So vote in the when they have those polls. If you don't vote in them, um, vote in them because that to express what you want because they do look at that stuff. Um, I've also heard people saying online that they think I don't know where this idea came from that Val like Val Staples like has an influence on super seven's choices. Like he, he totally doesn't like we work on the package. <laughs> like, we do packaging. Like I, we do the, I, he does the, him and uh, Axel do the artwork on the back and the package design and stuff, but he's not like telling them you need to move, move this figure here and this figure. I think the only time he did that, he did early on, he did suggest moving dialogue from club Grayskull into collector's choice, which I agreed with that, that uh, request that uh, he, and it's like, they do what they want. Those guys, it's their company. They're going to do, the, they make the decisions there. Like, if they ask for somebody's opinion, obviously they might uh, give, a, they ask Val, what do you think of this? He might tell them what his opinion is, but they make their choices based on 
what they think the fans will want and also what they want to see too, because it's their company. So, um, the, but that I know Val did suggest moving Dialamog over. And I think that was a good call. Like I would rather have Dialamog first in collector's choice than in club Grayskull personally. Me too. You know, uh, and he looks awesome. I don't know if you saw Planet Eternia, the journey. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Awesome, seeing, right? seeing the bulbs on his head. Yeah, so good. Oh, oh my God. I, 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 I was just stunned. Just stunned yeah. looking at the pictures of all four characters. I, I just yeah. God, I can't wait to like, get mine in, in hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's the wave. I think I'm, I'm more excited about that wave of figures than I have been. I, I mean, I love all the figures we've gotten over the years, but I haven't been so excited for a wave in years because all four characters are like all top ten characters for me that I wanted. Like I've wanted the Mummy for ever since I saw him in that Tomarts magazine. Me too. Me you too. Know, back like, back in the late nineties. Like, why didn't they make that? That's a cool, really cool idea, you know. And then Granada is like the third rock person. Like she. Yeah, it was a no brainer for her. Yeah, yeah. And Card, of course, was like you know that the figure that never was the one that we should have gotten in the eighties. It's like we're finally getting a Card figure, so I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. He was my number one for a long time. Well, that's Jesus. We, yeah, that was a doozy. Thank you for all that oh, information and the power con. Because now we're gonna, well, we'll move into our uh, our comic discussion. It's about the newspaper comic strip. It's the third part of the yes. book, and it's the third story, and that's Ninja or Stalks by Night. So before we start, well, obviously you had. I mean, you're the big, big part of definitely being behind that book and having it happen and all the research. But there's some stuff about uh, Ninjor's uh, story you said that was some interesting tidbits you want to tell us before we discussed it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I also want to say since uh, Dusan is in the chat room, uh, Grimbot, he was very heavily involved in this as well. He did a lot of the restorations on the strip and worked oh. really hard on re- restoring a lot of these comics. Yeah. So he, he also worked on this. Um, yeah, this, uh, well, I'll, I'll show you guys a few things. Like when we get towards the end, there's a few other things I want to show you because, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll kind of, uh, so when we were initially scanning a lot of these comic strips at uh, Chris Weber and Karen Wilson's house, Chris Weber was the writer on, on most of the strip except for the first story, but Chris wrote all the rest of the story. He also worked at Filmation, he was a writer at Filmation. Um, and so was his wife, Karen Wilson, who was the editor on the comic strip. And when we went through their materials, they were nice enough to let us photocopy all kinds of extra stuff. And they gave me some interesting stuff. Uh, so I pulled some of the stuff out of the box I have for, for this story. And he gave me, Chris gave me three pictures. These were sent to them by Mattel as reference. This is, uh, I think these are early, uh, Ninjor right here. I don't know if you guys can see it. Uh, yes. Ninjor there. So uh, there's a figure there, and then there's a, this one is really cool, a scare glow, but he looks different. Look, he's, he has a black halberd there. Yes, all oh, and the boots are cool black. Thing. It's just like the whole. He looks a, he looks a bit different there. Uh, so just some interesting stuff. So blast attack. Blast attack to me looks pretty much the same. I don't think there's much difference with blast attack. There. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty close. Yeah, these, these that's were, so cool though, to have that kind of production you know yeah. pictures of the of the characters like that yeah and then they sent they they had for all their you know for this for every comic script they did there was like a script for it so like each one of these has like a movie style script that goes along with it where chris wrote all the dialogue and the descriptions and everything I mean, these are like long damn scripts and that's how like 
people have asked how we got the uh, summaries for the scripts that were missing, and it was from the scripts that Chris wrote. So we were able to pull the dialogue right out of the, these scripts. Oh, now that's cool. Okay. Using stuff, or for stuff that we could only find foreign language stuff from, like in India and stuff. Like we had the some of the doc, we had the script, so we could pull the dialogue and then put it in, translate it into English for some of the ones where we didn't have the strips in English. Some we a lot we did have in English, but some we didn't. And then um, these are interesting too. Like for every story that they would do, they would do like uh, Chris would write like an outline for the story, right? So this was the ninja outline, and it's it's interesting because some of these outlines have uh, different things in them that didn't wind up even the script sometimes has different things like this script uh i'll read you after has gigantosaur in it and gigantosaur oh. yeah yeah i was like i read it and i was like man they use they use tyrannosaurus rex sure. and, and green okay i was curious if that was supposed to be the t-rex that we all yeah. know i figured it was because yeah. i was like hey t-rex popped up in that because uh, you're right even though he was green i could see the characteristics of stuff on the uh, side i could see the things that match the toy i was like uh, i think that's supposed to be t-rex but they just didn't name drop them they right? did yeah but it was originally supposed to be gigantosaur and, and uh. ripped yeah it, I'll, I'll read you the section in there uh and then i don't know mattel sent him some like pictures of extendar and then like descriptions from the style guide, scare glow, character profile, Skeletor conjured up this spirit in his own image to frighten travelers on the pathways of Eternia. Scare glow is invisible during daylight, but glows with fierce evil light at night. So they sent them like, oh, here's a last attack uh, concept drawing. Uh, I it's a bad oh, photocopy. Cool. It's a bad photocopy of it. It still looks cool. That still yeah, looks no, it looks great. Yeah, and then letters from Mattel and back and forth. Like uh, I can read some of this later on. They're talking about uh, a book. Actually, we that we printed a couple of these in the in at the end of the newspaper strip book where they're talking back in 1989 and uh, yeah about creating a newspaper strip book, but they can't find the original strips even back in the 80s. I'm like, you guys just published these and you can't find them. I guess they. Jeez. Like they didn't know where they all were, so I'm like, it happened instantly. It didn't take thirty ah. years for it to happen. It happened overnight. I know. It's like, geez, you think they hang on to that stuff? And then there's like, uh, this is yeah, this is kind of chicken scratch, but Chris would kind of like plot out the storyline for the comic with this grid thing because it was a come out every it would come out every day, so we'd have to have this like sort of uh, you know these little boxes where he'd put like I'm trying to see Ninja returns to hideout. That's one of the days. Ninja returns to He-Man confronts Ninja. He-Man fights Ninja. I can't. Nin uh, I can't. It's hard to, to read all of these because kind of uh, uh, Ninja talks to Mystic Warlord. Oh yeah, that's that's the that wizard guy that winds up being Hordak. Like it winds up being Hordak in disguise. Oh, damn it! What? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. I've been going bit by bit. I just, I'm actually just trying to enjoy just bit by bit. Uh, so that's I'm, okay. That's okay. Because I was well, excited. Uh, like, oh my I god! There's a, I meant to be this. No, I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's the new character. Who's this wizard?" I was all giddy. I can honestly say, so far of of the newspaper comic book, this story was my favorite so far, starting from the beginning and until now. There was just a lot of unique stuff in it. Oh, first, hello to Hemo Talgi in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. But, uh, no, I like this one. I I like the things that Prince Adam was like, his his struggle 
to have to, he cannot turn into Prince Adam. The stuff he's he's being watched at all times, learning how the kingdom is run and what his father goes through all the time. There was there was so many things in that I enjoyed, and then this this new origin now. For in case you guys didn't know, obviously spoiler alert, but the the Havoc Staff origin. I was like, wait a second, this is this was somewhere. I mean, it was made well. Obviously, now we know it's Hordak because I thought it was this magic wizard that did something. But of course, it's going to be Hordak. But that it was created. Ninja had to get it back. It had a different name. But I was just eating this up. It was just I like that that personal struggle. First, not only being able not to turn into He Man, but Adam finally seeing what his dad goes through all the time of all these you know royal duties and what Adam will have to do one day. That was it was a it was a different perspective, something we never really seen in depth, you know, that I could picture, you know, that in depth. But yeah. I'll pass it to you, Dick. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Uh, and that's that's something I really like about the, the newspaper strip stories is that they can really kind of explore stuff like that a little bit more than um, they could in the cartoon. I mean, they touched on on things here and there uh, in the cartoon, but with something that was being printed every day in the newspaper, they could have kind of really go into that sort of thing. And, and uh, I thought that was cool too. Like, uh, you know, you see Adam is not, he doesn't really have a head. He, we know that he doesn't have a head for, for, for the uh, Royal uh, paperwork and things like this. He doesn't like, he doesn't, that's not his thing, you know, but he's put in a position where he has to deal with that. And then of course uh, there's the character that was created for the strip Duke Tiburon, who's a pain in the ass. Like he's always on Adam's case because he's, you know, he's the snooty kind of uh, member of the Royal court who is very into paperwork and he's very fastidious and he's everything has to be in order. But Adam is like the opposite. Adam doesn't care about that stuff, but he's trying his best because he wants to, he wants to do a good job. Uh, and I, I thought that was cool too. I agree. I agree with that. Um, like you said, him being, it's like it's a blessing in disguise, him being trapped within there, not being able to get away from anybody to turn into He-Man along yeah. the way, right? He learns all the royal duties that he's going to take on someday. So I, I did, I quite enjoy that. I just, and I love seeing that, bam, I mean, they're putting in Blast Attack, we had Scareglow, we had Ninjor, and this is, but of course for me, this is the Blast Attack that I've never really flipped over. The one that, oh shit, he's split in half now. It's like this side's got you. And then the one with no head and, you know, leg and arms, like, oh, he's going to be hard to find. I like the Blast Attack that's like that concussion bomb that comes bomb. in. I, I, I agree yeah. with that. With that. that yeah. I prefer the Blast Attack that explodes versus <laughs> the one that splits into two and fights us two warriors. <laughs> It was so silly, you know. It's like, oh my god, we got three people to fight now. We got Scareglow and this half of Blast Attack and that one round on one leg. <laughs> and I just picture him hopping. That's it's just super. I see him hopping and one's hopping with no head. It's like, oh, it's so silly. Although, the, although I will say uh, another another point for uh, Blast Attack is an evil warrior depiction. Uh, ah, shut up! <laughs> no, he's a snake man. A snake man, Daniel. It's snake man. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. You get some in here. <laughs> No, I, I mean for me, it, it's just the, the 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 shining moment for this is is seeing Ninjor depicted in such a very, I mean, what's so good about these stories is that they're all mature stories. They're not cotton candy bubblegum stories. They're all, I'm not saying like adult stories, but they they're not written like they're being like they're talking down to kids who read these. Like they, I mean, you read them now. They come off as very serious stories, and to see Ninjor—not that Ninjor was ever depicted in anything less than you know a reputable man—but to see him in charge, 
supposedly working for Skeletor, but has motives of his own, uh, commanding Scareglow and Blast Attack, and being quite successful and being depicted as a very formidable opponent for He-Man. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm all that you're always going to get my attention, and you're going to get an A plus for me if you're if you're presenting these characters in a manner that well really that they all should be depicted as and that's what i really love about these stories i mean the artwork is great too but for, for ninja you know like so many like so many characters that came along in the 80s said wait don't get a whole lot of um uh uh screen time so for lack of a better phrase like they just i mean they're used sporadically in small bits of media but just never enough to really feel like they could have shown fans that there's more to these characters oh that's just the last wave of toys so that's why i'm glad you know that danielle and val and and deuce and 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 all the others that worked on this put this together to let fans know that you know if you're on the fence about that last wave of characters which i'd have smacked the hell out of you for thinking otherwise (laughs) but there's great characters here all of them are i mean because clan champs featured prominently in these stories and just ninja alone in this like I know Scarecrow's got a big fan following, but I feel like Jor is still under the radar. I mean, am I am I alone in that thinking? No, you're. I think you're right. Ninjor, Scareglow has like a cult following, so like yeah. you see him turn up and 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 things. But Ninjor never really got as exp- as well explored uh, as he did in this story. Like you, he, he they really like the whole story is devoted to to Ninjor as this sort of the central. Uh, villain of the story so it's you know i agree i agree with you like you see you saw him in vintage vintage stories like the u.s magazine where him and scarecrow mm-hmm. went to steal the jewel from central tower and uh you know uk comics and, and things like that he does show up but this really kind of delved into into ninja as a character and what threat he is and i love the scene where he's like I've waited my whole life for this. And then he throws the star. At yes. The, yeah, I love it. It's like something right out of a movie, you know, yeah, just, yeah. just seeing him, he, him being successful at capturing Randor and men at arms mm-hmm. and Extendar, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, those are all heavy hitter characters. And to see him be so successful at his task, like they're constantly building him up. I like, God, I love that, that, that mm-hmm. Chris did that for the character. It's almost as if like, he looked at that character and like, you know what? I'm, and I'm, I'm just curious, like, did he decide to of the three that he's given, does he decide to make ninja or is he, and you would, you have, you probably have a better idea about this too. Does he get to decide, you know, like using ninja is the, is the more prominent villain of the story. Is that a directive he's given or just, he looked at these characters like, you know what? I'm going to make the, the ninja guy. I'm going to make him the villain of the story. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Chris. Uh, yeah. Cause based on letters that he, he I, have several of the letters that he wrote back and forth uh, to Mattel and um, he would send them a premise for a story that he wanted to do and it was his I usually it was just his idea and he would send it to Mattel and then they would approve it or not there was there were occasionally they would make notes and things like that but for the most part they um, he was dealing with Mark DiCamillo from Mattel and he wrote really glowing letters back like this is the best story yet I really enjoy what you did with, with this and this like that they'll comment to each other on different things and I think a lot of that was Chris uh, deciding like he took the the style guide description for Ninja which says something I think I have it here uh, in this pile where it says Ninja kidnaps the evil warriors one by one or something something like that uh, from the style here it is he, uh, character profile. This awful assassin has come from another world to serve Skeletor 
His mission is to eliminate He-Man's warriors one by one until He-Man no longer has any help in defending Eternia. Ninjor always moves with great speed, skill, and silence. So that comes directly from the 1987 Mattel style guide. So they sent Chris the style guide text. So he he probably read that and said, okay, so Ninjor kidnapped, uh, his mission is to eliminate He-Man's warriors by, one by one. What can I do with that? And then he, then I'm sure at that point he came up with his his idea for the story based on on that description, you know. Which I like. I mean, I love nice that he put, did yeah. that. If he was to read the three of the, you know, the one for Scared Lord, Blast Attack, and Ninjor, I'm sure Ninjor was a little more inviting. And you could tell, you honestly could tell sometimes when somebody might be a fan of a particular style. Like, he was probably thinking, I don't know how much I could do with this glowing scare guy and this guy that splits in half, but the ninja, I think I could do a lot with him. And what you could tell, at least from my opinion of looking... He looks like he's a fan of ninjas and probably ninja movies. When he did that particular close-up, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, of Ninja's face, yeah. that felt very, very movie-like. You know, when you see those movies yeah. and they zoomed in on a ninja, yeah. all the moves he was having him do, the fight with He-Man, yeah. to use it from nunchucks to the yeah. shurikens to the smokes, the magic. I think he's a ninja fan. You could you could what? feel that from somebody. I know he asked he asked uh, Gerald to put in a Conan reference, Gerald Fortin, the artist, to put in a Conan reference somewhere um, on one of the, it's like a splash image, like, oh, here it is, it's right here, it's like right on the, the first Sunday of the comic, like, if you look. Shit in the pond! Oh, the oh, right there, the direction in the script was to draw, a, you know the scene in, in Conan where Conan is practicing with his sword, and he's like, you know, he's standing there, and he's like, practicing with the with the sword he yeah. wanted that kind of effect with he-man so i mean it doesn't really look like conan but there's a little bit of, a, of that okay so that, that that's paying homage so like when, when conan's brought back to life and is practicing yeah. with sword on the beach yeah yeah and i have it i have it i have the script here i could probably read it to you what he said um tuesday thursday saturday sunday God, you can we listen to this breakdown she's got here. I mean, this is just <laughs> mind blowing. It says we haven't seen uh, this is script. Uh, Chris, when he would write the scripts, would off he would sometimes put notes to Gerald Fortin, the illustrator, in 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 the script. So he says we haven't seen He Man so far in this story. So let's use the title panel approach with the title and some action pose of He Man on a neutral background. Perhaps He-Man posing with his sword in a martial, a martial arts stance, a la the Conan, Conan publicity pictures. That's, that must be what he's talking Conan publicity pictures. I don't know specifically which ones he's referring to, but I'm sure Gerald probably had some idea, you know, of what of a Conan pose and, and did that that way. And then the thing with, um, let's see. Oh, here it is. Okay, I have. It. Oh, <laughs> I use this as a playsaver, but it's like drawings of Whiplash, from, oh, like cool. Filmation style uh, Whiplash drawings. Because all these people worked at Filmation. Everybody who worked on this newspaper strip. In fact, this initially was a collaboration between Mattel and Filmation. I, I was telling Joe, like when we first discussed the book, like this book is just filled with Filmation references. Like yeah. the characters yeah. are drawn and everything. It's just. The collector being featured in these stories yes. prominently. Yeah, too. Yes, that was, I was so like, holy shit. Yeah, right. It was so cool to see the collector in there. Um, yeah, they all. I mean, the, everybody, the colorist Connie Schur, uh, the writers uh, Jim Shull, and then Chris Weber, who wrote the rest of it, Karen Wilson, Gerald Fortin. They all worked at Filmation, so 
when this strip came about with between Mattel and Filmation, um, they used Filmation people to, to do it. Uh, and initially, as you know, you know, Larry Houston showed those images, those strips. That was Lee Nordling, who was the editor of the mini comics. Yes. He wanted to do a, stri a strip, so he got Larry Houston and Christy Marks, who wrote several of the mini comics, to do the strip. And they pitched it to Mattel, and it looks awesome. But Mattel was like, it would be, I guess, what they were asking cost-wise to produce such a strip. Mattel wasn't willing to, to pay that. Mm. It was too expensive. So they wound up not doing that strip and they went with this one instead. But there's that week of samples that they just as to pitch it to Mattel. So that's why Lee Nordling wrote that article in here, the pitch strips, because that's kind of like the strip we might have had if Mattel had approved it. Um, but it was too too expensive. So, um, but yeah, here's the Gigantosaur thing. If you guys want to hear it, oh yeah, oh, yeah. bring it on. Yeah, it says um, closer angle on portal. So this is when Ninjor opens the portal so that uh, the T Rex comes through. It says a monstrous Gigantosaur steps through the portal. This is the bionic dinosaur from the Grayskull line, the half dinosaur, half mechanical beast from Preternia. This is the really big one, which can transport characters within it. Check Mattel's models for scale. Oh it's, my God. It's normally a heroic dinosaur, but we'll assume it's enchanted for evil for the purposes of this story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they put T-Rex in. It would have been great to see Gigantosaur, but yeah. I guess T-Rex oh, didn't. Now that we didn't see Gigantosaur, I was like, oh, we almost had Gigantosaur. It just sucks. I mean, God, that not only because we got teased with that toy that was, well, yes, gigantic, <sighs> but also to think about the Aaron McCarthy, you know, art that was used on some of those pajamas. He actually made wow. it onto some pajamas. It's like, damn it, you know, he did exist in certain parts. We got to see yeah. some things, but uh, yeah. what yeah. could have been? Almost, he was almost there, and Hero yeah. almost showed up too. And one of the the they 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 didn't know what Hero was in that King His story. There's like a reference to uh, he was looking into the mirrors of the, like mirrors history or something, and he does a great Hero battle Sarkadon or something, and it was meant to be Hero, but they weren't sure what Hero was going to look like yet. Uh, and so Chris Weber told uh, Gerald Fortin to illustrate it hidden. Like, so that's why you don't see what that image is. It's, it's meant to be hero. Wait, wait, which, 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 um, which image is that supposed to be? Cause I'm looking at that right now. I'm looking at that story. Cause I have to see what you're talking about. Uh, it's vengeance of the Viper King. So it's, the yeah, I'm looking in here. And let's see here. Um, it's in castle grace. And he man is talking to the sorceress. Let me find it. Um, this is a big book, people. It's a big yeah, book. It is, it is a big book. I mean, it's like everybody's hands. They're, they're going to find it. They're like, wait, it's quiet. Yeah. She, she's going to find it. That's just, you can imagine the amount. Well, if nobody owns it, Jesus, to own this thing, it's, it's, it is one big whopping book. Sarkadon comes to. Do Sam, what page is it on? <laughs> that's what they're looking at. Motagi said, "Are we looking at the newspaper comic strips book?" Yes, that's what they're looking at. And hey, I didn't know if I said hello to um, where was he back? Uh, you're you're gonna lose your viewers uh, here. Okay, and JD Gibson. Yes, thank you for joining us too. Ah, here we go. Okay, um, history. 
Sarkadon, Tracing for Sarkadon, according to Legendary. Rimbot said the page with the vision of Castle Grayskull destroyed or something? Um, page 42. She'll get it. They're fine. Yes, everybody say, yeah, that is the newspaper book. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is just like a big infomercial for the book. Just yeah, I know. Just, that, yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what we're doing it, right now. I was now. reading the book. And just... Yeah. If you don't have it by now, this ought to tell you right now. Look at all the stuff we're talking about that's in this book or what's supposed to be in this book. It's it, Damn it, I know what's in here. Um... I'm still trying to remember who, when I just read the new the Ninjor one, who made the reference of Turbodactyl? Who mentioned that name? Was it Ninjor? Who said Turbodactyl in this ninja story? Oh, we... right. Yeah, yeah. It is It is referenced in there. Because um, I was like, when I was reading it at first, yeah. I was like, why the hell would they make reference to Turbodactyl yeah. when it's in the past? But if it was Ninja who made the comment, I'm like, oh, it makes sense because Ninja obviously knows since he's bringing this stuff from the past, you know, when he brought in, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Another cool feature to see there what Ninja did. I okay. It's page 42 at the bottom, and you can't see him. It's just like this weird, like, little mist in the corner, and it says, um, it, they're telling the story of Sarkadon, and it says... Okay, only a fearless yeah. hero could defeat and imprison the great snake Sarkadon. Okay, that... that, and, that says, and Adam says, why does that sound familiar? So then if you flip to the back, like, I put in uh, script excerpts uh, in the back of the book, uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, it's like in the extra stuff in the back of the book, bonus content, uh, script and story premise excerpts, page 512. Um, here it is. All right. So the, in the section that says script and story premise ex excerpts, if you look at the first excerpt that I have there, it says... <laughs> Watching the figure of a heroic warrior battle the great snake. Note, Gerald, since this is supposed to be hero and we don't know what he looks like for sure, how about we show this scene in silhouette against the sunset or such? Which Gerald didn't even do that. He just had that like the weird little mist thing. Uh, and that's the section right there. And then it says, Sorceress, only a fearless hero could defeat the great snake Tharkadon. So it was supposed to be uh, hero. So almost again, and I was like, we almost had Gigantosaur and we almost had hero in, in here too. So close. It's nothing but blue balls. This, this uh, whole, it's, this whole it's, story. it's heartbreaking, but it's God. cool to know that there was kind of like yeah. there, you know, that it was talked about and they wanted to as to the lore of that of that wave of figures that we never got. I mean, it's yeah. just all this mythic mythic proportions of hero and slammer and the dinosaurs that we never got in yeah. the gyro attacker. I mean it just breaks the heart of what we could have gotten. But it's so cool that they were still looking to incorporate a lot of that into these stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely uh it's cool that it's that they were looking to do it. It's just heartbreaking that it didn't didn't happen. But. <sighs> <laughs> and like you said, there was only very few of these strips that were missing from this book, correct? Just there was just maybe a handful of pages oh, or no, there were, there were, well there were thir we were missing uh out of 1600 and 1,607 I can't remember these it was like 1,600 strips we were missing 35 of them uh, 35 strips so uh, mostly from the new adventure story at the end um, but since then we have recovered uh, 18, 21 of them we found 21 of the missing 35 so we're still missing uh, 
I guess we're still missing 14 of them. Wow. I mean, the, like I said, the hours that you put into trying to, like you said, going through all the microfiche at all these libraries and everywhere else. I mean, that must have just been so painstaking also to reach out to the fan community and hopefully find people that had these strips that almost nobody's ever heard of or seen, you know. And if they did, they've only seen a couple of the stories like me. But that that had to be just God, so, so like I said, difficult to do. I don't know how many hours you spent, but that must have been forever. Endless. Uh, it was like, you know, we was, uh, I'd go to Boston and up to the library, you know, order microfilm uh, from interlibrary loan and then just go. For, well, first we wanted to get like the, what we could from the hard copies. So we scanned whatever Chris and Karen had, but they only had like a third. Because as you know, you know, the strip ran in the U.S. where it originally originated and was syndicated all over the world. But then a lot of the most, as far as I know, most of the newspapers, if not all the newspapers in the U.S. dropped the strip up after a, a couple of years and then it just continued on in other places so we got those scans and then we had to we knew brazil the newspaper in brazil ran a ton of the strip most of it in brazil so uh i fortunately i'm fortunate my parents are portuguese they're from portugal so i speak portuguese so i was able to kind of communicate with the newspaper in brazil or called o global and uh, i emailed them quite a bit and that was difficult to get them because it was like hey can we get scans of comic strips of he-man from 35 years ago? you know it's like <laughs> what you know and portuguese too and trying to explain it to them uh and especially brazilian portuguese the dialect is different from uh, azor my parents are from the azores so the dialect is different so it's a little i have to kind of fine-tune my ear to it but um but did you do I, the I, translation was it you that did the translating then of those for, the, for the brazilian for the portuguese stuff i did but um i just used the script like i had the script so i i wanted to, whenever i had the script i used whatever was from that you know um so what they did is they used an ocr program which is val had people lettering because he had val we had a whole team doing that um they would take the script text, right? And then copy it and paste it into the word balloon, right? And then he had, Val had a guy design, Chank, I forgot his guy, it's in the credits there. He designed a font that looked exactly like the one Chris Webb, uh, that Gerald Fortin created. Cause Gerald used to hand letter the strip. And Gerald is fr French, he's from France. Like English is not his first language. So, uh, you know, that must've been challenging. I'm sure for, he had to write every like, you know, word balloon uh, in addition to illustrating the comic. So Val had this um, letter, comic book letter works in comics, recreate the font from scratch so that we could use the font, Gerald Fortin's font for the translated stuff so that it looks the same as Gerald Fortin's, you know. So, so it wasn't a simple comic sans or sans or whatever they call it. No, it no, no, we used, we had, it was like what we wanted to recreate as close as we could, you know, for what, to what Gerald did so that so that he could do that and then we uh whatever we were we went to the Library of Congress and we met with Eric Marshall um and Eric helped us a lot too so me Val and Eric went down to Washington DC and we went to the Library of Congress and we just pulled tons of microfilm and scanned everything we found um and then like right at the last minute like literally like maybe it was like a week or two before the deadline where we had to have everything into Dark Horse we got uh, I was going through all this box of papers that Chris had given me and I was reading all the letters. I was like, I have to, I'm going to see if I can find something. And there was a reference to a newspaper 
it, from Los Angeles. It was a Spanish language newspaper in Los Angeles. Uh, what the heck was it called? La Opinion or something like that. And he made a reference to, he's like, oh, I'm glad to see La Opinion in Los Angeles. So, so it was a U.S. paper that was running the strip, but it was in, in Spanish. So I was like, huh. So I was called Val and I was like, hey, this, this letter says that this newspaper was running and the letter is dated like 1991, which is like stuff that we need from like the new adventures. And so we looked into it. We looked it up in this like online archive and lo and behold, there were like a ton of strips there that we were missing, like Sunday strips that we were missing tons of. So we were like, oh my God. So Eric, we were like, Eric, can you go back to the, Eric, luckily Eric lives in like Maryland. So we're like, Eric, can you go back to the Library of Congress and scan all of these? Love. Wow. They had it. They had emailed Library of Congress. I was like, you guys have this? And they did. So Eric went back down. He scanned a whole bunch of them. And we like were able to like get a ton of stuff that we because we would have been missing a lot more Jeez. if we hadn't found that. We would have been missing maybe like 60 something strips. So Eric, we wound up finding like more than half, I think, of what we were missing at that just in one shot from that. So you never know where they're going to turn up. It's just like. Yes, not. <laughs> Some guy emailed us recently from India that he there was a magazine we didn't know about that had the strips in it. So he's he's hooked us up on stuff. That's just unbelievable. And fans are appreciative. Like one of the fans, Chris Owens in the chat room said, Big thanks to Danielle for all the Dark Horse books or books you worked on. So there you had somebody in the chat room wanted to say it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And Kevin Sharp is here too. So thank you. Hey, all right. How you doing? Hey Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. Great artist. I love looking at his artwork. Yeah, he does great work. And, oh, God, yeah, yeah, Tyler definitely promotes. I mean, Tyler has some of his art. And you do have some of his art, correct, Tyler? I got some over here. I got some in my bedroom. I've got some right here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm trying to build up a wall of sharp, like I got a wall of axles. So I've I've got uh, Kevin's done a variety of stuff for me. Not Team and Thundercats, but he's done like GI Joe stuff, Final Fight, Marvel stuff for me. So nice. He does everything. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Uh, I, I was gonna say, like Daniel, it almost sounds like you're describing like an adventure of Indiana Jones. Like you're yeah. going like catacombs of, of the Library of Congress, and you're finding all these hidden stuff. Like that's what it sounds like. You got your fedora and your bullwhip. That's, that's the know. first line of the four that I wrote for the thing. It was like in, it, I put that in there, Indiana Jones, because it was like that. It was like we're looking all over the world to try to find this. We had a guy in actually... scanning stuff for us. It was crazy. <laughs> I picture like you, you and Val are like in the plane. He's like your uh, Marcus Brody and you're Indiana. And you guys are just flying all over the world, running into like, you know, instead of Nazis, you have scalpers and stuff like that. <laughs> Douchebags trying to grab the stuff and sell yeah. on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Or, or fans that don't want to share their, their collections. Like we found a couple, of, there were a couple of fans that actually had stuff that we needed. Not Nothing that's missing from the book currently, but at the time when we were searching for stuff, like early on, they didn't one of them said they wouldn't share that their their they'd scan their stuff for us and then disappeared dropped off the face of the earth and then another one another guy he had all a ton of strips and he was like i don't believe in share and reprints so <laughs> i was really like everybody wants to see these like nobody nobody's this is like a vintage an entire vintage canon that went lasted four and a half years that most people have never seen and you know, it drives me everybody. Yeah, that's still a belloc. I never get it. I, I don't understand that. I mean, I can understand that. Okay, maybe you physically would never want to send something to somebody. Of course. Of course. Work on it, but I mean, just to scan, it's like, 
share with the world. Like, you know me, anytime I find something goofy or a weird piece of art thinking, hey, I wonder if anybody's seen this. I scan that some bitch and then I send it right there on Facebook. See, it's like, why wouldn't you want to share? Let the whole world see. I just want to be on there like uh, Granamir treasure hoard and they just want to, they want to sit on their, on their treasure and not share it with everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, that's <laughs> like, like my pleasure. I love sharing Zuba Rex with you, Danielle, and the whole world. I want, I, we want Zuba Rex. Rex, hashtag that. We hashtag, want Zuba Rex. hashtag we want Zuba Rex. There you go, my God. Is she just humoring you? There's no way in hell she could be that enthusiastic about this obscure, <laughs> clunky-looking, chubby dinosaur that you found hey, in a board hey, game. Put me right? in the party, Pooper. Everybody loves Zuba Rex. I'm just saying, you know, found one thing. You're Zuba Rex. Come on. People, man. they love Zuba Rex. Damn it, I'm getting a cult following for that sucker. The right? hell I'm you just... are. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. My uh, until I show up somewhere. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's see, see, Zuvarex might pop up. Karsten was cool enough to put that in his one book he did. He put Zuvarex in there, so we finally had him in some kind of canon. And then so, so, there, so therefore, the people maybe Azrock will yeah. too. I don't know, Azrock and Spider. You never know; they might show up somewhere too. Who knows? Who knows? See, see? Danielle's got some things planned. She's got some things planned. We gotta love her for that, Tyler. Gotta keep, gotta support. Yeah, well, what about what about what I love? You know, you you, you got enough. All right. What, I, I got enough. What the time. hell I get? What, what you I got get? enough. What right? I get? You, you, I mean, get what I got. you get your precious sky highs and your name is <laughs> I didn't name him. You're right. I didn't name Sky. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I haven't been able to make my full-on contribution to Master the Universe yet, and you're trying to hog everything hog like these people that Danielle's talking about here. You ain't about caring. He was also <laughs> the voice. Weren't you the voice of Sky High in those cartoons? Yes, yes, I was the voice of Sky High as well. Okay, all right. I guess yeah. yeah I, I had a little... That one that we did, where it was like we did with Evil Lynn and Skeletor and the head whipping back. Yeah, yeah. no one with like the sorceress goes insane or something. That yeah, we... there was a there was a couple that you and I voiced. I know Carson got you know like you said really extremely busy, and uh, it'd still be cool someday to see those because he does great work. Besides, you know, obviously drawn in any art style you could do to put an animation short you know together that quickly. Yeah. Like when you do wow. it, like it's amazing being a one man you know team like that. It's it's got to be hard. My favorite one was the one where uh was the sub drive like and the sub hits like the mark and then it's like. You hear the He-Man music come on and meters going up and up and up. <laughs> yeah, we had fun doing that one. That was a lot. I mean, almost everything that said was just, bam, just trying to improv, especially when I was rambling. Everything was like an improv thing. And I tried to do my best. You know, I have the power voice for He-Man when I did that. And then he added the echoing voice. But I even voiced He-Man. So, yeah, there you go. I guess I did a couple things. Tyler. I was like, through you, Joe. <laughs> All right, Tyler, besides Azrog and spider who else are you like? in looking forward to like that you'd like to see those two especially malacta is definitely a, another one i definitely like i like to see negator oh yeah uh, I, i'd like to see the the game master and his three henchmen you know oh, yeah. humanoid insect man and bear man god i'd love to see them negator's gotta have his nerves too you gotta yeah, have the nerves you gotta be with nerves. him yeah prince yeah. De- i want prince dacon Oh, I think yeah. Prince Dacon is an absolute badass to have, uh, and uh, and, and uh, Garn, both, both the, Garn. the black version and the in the Native American version. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I'd say those would probably be like my more prominent heavy hitters because you know, to, uh, in terms of, like filmation characters and things like that, um, th- those are, um, you know, because Shigodi masks were such a big deal to me. I've got them, and uh, I think many comic wise, Garn and and Dacon. 
An army build the kobolds. Those would be awesome little suckers too. The kobolds. Yeah, those would be cool too. Um, I've never been a big fan of the whole mass of power monsters. Like I just like they look cool, but I just have never gravitated towards that demand that there are yeah. for those characters. They have Not that I'm saying I wouldn't welcome them, but yeah, they do have a big following. Um, but yeah. it's like they're just these little goblin guys that turn into these big monsters and or orcs or whatever they are, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they look great, you know, in, in oh, classics yeah. form. But sure. um yeah. um but yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much like I, and I'm I'm all about I welcome kind of whatever they want to throw. It's like I'd still like to see more of the concept characters. Oh yeah. You know, that yeah, I, I think there's a whole bunch there was a, a, a character in the, the Power Not uh, uh Honor Foundation book. It was a of a, like a, a a snow goat. Yes, and I, I just thought, yeah. Yeah. I there was just something about a snow-based heroic character that like of like a mountain goat that was like kind of a snow-based character. I just thought that's a really cool looking idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I that was one that also stuck out to me. Like I I really like that snow snowman character with the skis and they yeah. they um uh, I guess one of the characters Scott named in the mini comic that's like a blurb in the background is the snow thief and I guess Axel had hinted that that was the design he would use for that character. So hopefully Axel will release, uh, you know, he's been releasing those designs, the figure designs. I, I, I hope he releases that one. Cause I think that would be a really cool figure to have. All, everything Axel has done. I'm like all, all, all the renditions he's done. And plus all those creative characters from the eighties. And I'm still hoping, you know, and I, I'll, of course the new adventures characters need to be finished out as well, but yeah. I still want to see like Rajar, Oh and yeah, three yeah. beast and, and those created. Yeah, I yeah. thought those were just stunning characters. Like I want to see those get made. I want to see Brainwave, I Beam, Compactor, and Netta released as well. Yeah. Like I just think those are some amazing looking. And designs, Hans so. Hammerholder with that Ram Man buck, he could be a beefy, yeah. beefy sucker. That would be kind of cool too. Yeah, there's a lot of damn cool things. Man Crystal, I mean all all that stuff. I just I just think you know. That that's just and all those other snake characters that Axel put together like a Vipor, yeah. and, uh, yeah, all all that. God, there's just an endless list Rex of characters, and that's why I hate it when fans say, "Ah, oh, there's nobody left that I'm interested," in, or "There's nobody cool left." And I'm like, well, God, you guys. Like I posted my... on Joe's wall that that Minox or Minox the Minotaur guy. Like, yes, really yes. Like he's he's so obscure, but it's like I've always wanted a Minotaur character too, like for Masters, and it's like there's an official one from the Italian comics that was created by Skeletor to fight He-Man. I'm like, and he looks. Tom Bryce drew a really cool version of him that I posted on your wall. It's like, yeah, it, he'd be pretty easy to make too. Like it's just like the, the standard buck, you know, and then they do a Minotaur. So many. You're right. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many characters that can be made. Like you said, yeah. when some say that there's not enough, I mean, you look between Filmation, the mini comics, and all yeah. the other literature that's out there. I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of characters. I mean, literally. And the thing is, you second guess always thinking, will this character look good? Would I really want him? But the seconds in your collection, it's like, you know what? Damn it. It makes your collection just stand out even more. Instead of having tons of variants of the character or this version in filmation form and classics form and this form. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes yes, you like have it. Yeah. Well, sometimes you like having your eyes be really shocked to look at a beautiful display of multiple different colors, sizes. You know, I know that we're not going to get too many different sizes basically everybody will probably have the same height of being the six and a half inch unless you're counting for some giants but i mean plundor as much as plundor got made fun of plundor was a cool ass looking figure when people got him a hand they're like you know what 
that is actually a cool ass figure. And then you think of like other factions in Filmation. I mean, I would love to see Sticky Fingers and his crew, all those pirates, the space pirates. I think every one of them, but those are different sizes. So I know some wouldn't be in there, but I know they'll probably never be made. I know we'll probably never get Kothos. I know we'll probably never get Cambro, but they're all characters that would look, you know, look fantastic, especially with having, you know, like I said, any of them. Now, I know Cambro would have to be a big boy, but yeah. I doubt they would go the giant of the tightest size that they used. But he would need a couple more inches if they were to do somebody like him. But yeah. uh, it, it's it's like I said, it's it's I guess a dream, you know, to think if it could happen. But it would never run out of characters. Like, there's so many. Just wouldn't run out. Like, there's so many characters out there. So I would be. I, I'd love to get those characters, Cambro, and I, I would love Kothos. Like he'd be so cool yeah. to have. Yeah. Uh, and it would be. It would vary the the look. Like you said, they're all. Everybody's like that buff look. But if you mix it up, that's. Like I think that that's I always say I want the twiggets, but they would look cool because they'd have the little the little twiggets in the display with the with the rebellion, and you have so a lot yeah. of a lot of pinks and blues in there and purples. It's nice throwing some green too. It does I mean it, it adds to like you see your collection of yeah. beyond the heights, beyond the colors, but even so many different styles. Because you know if you'd wanted to be honest. You could take, like, let's say they made somebody with, like, you know, a bigger belly or something, which could cover Kothos, Sticky Fingers, Chef Allen, and for the sake of fun for holidays, if you made Prince Adam as Santa Claus, right. as I did, you could actually get that with at least a multitude of characters. So totally. it's a totally. yeah. And then for the vintage line, like, the possibilities are endless there, too. Like, I, I was talking to Josh from Super 7 at, at PowerCon, and I was like, oh, you know, it would be great to see, like, know characters uh, like that people always wanted that they never got like Queen Marlena and Strongarm and Ice. Yes. Like I want that more than I want like I, as much as I love Filmation it's like well I, there's already a vintage Beastman I don't really want a Filmation. I, I'm glad I, I said the exact same thing last week because I, I was disappointed that that it's just more variants right now we're um, not getting a, a nice punch yeah. to, to help yeah, and I don't this, feel this like style right. line. I don't want to feel like I have to recollect that again, meaning, okay, now that we're getting the five and a half inch style, does that mean, okay, now let's release every character we had of Skeletor and Evelyn and all them. Let's do them all filmation. It's like, no, I don't want to have them all again, but now in filmation style, give us characters that we've never had. Like you said, the characters, like you could have Icer, you could have, hell, you could even have Plundor, but you could have all these characters that never made it. And even Strobo. Strobo would be awesome to have a vintage Strobo. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Goatman, all of those like would be oh, hell. Yes, I'd lose my mind. I would. I would lose my mind if we got that. But it's like I'm just I'm getting burned out on in a way some of the characters being reused over and over. And it's like I don't want all the filmation characters that we've had before in other figure form. Yeah, filmationized. Like some are cool, but not every one of them. I was cool. Like yeah, getting He Man and Skeletor, and even Man at Arms is like oh Man at Arms is a mustache cool, but then. Beyond that, I was kind of like, ah, do we need all of them? And like, well, She-Ra, I want, the thing with She-Ra is like, that's the She-Ra I wanted when in the eighties, like I was disappointed with the She-Ra figure that we came out with because I saw, <laughs> yeah, well, I saw Secret of the Sword in the theater, right? And I was like, I loved it. You know, I went with my sister Maggie and saw Secret of the Sword and I was waiting for that She-Ra figure, but I thought it was going to look like the one Super 7 just made. And then like that one came out and I was like, that doesn't even look like the the one in the doesn't look like the rest of the figures and it doesn't look like the movie version that I just watched. Like, come on, like you yeah. know this yeah, the only yeah, the filmation one I want that I've told Tyler so many times, the only real filmation one I want 
is Ram Man, whether it's in classics form or vintage form. To see that Ram Man, that is different. But yeah, you're right. Some of the others, like the the, the sheer figures, I now they've grown up. Like I love them now. Like they've grown up. Back then, I was like, I wanted it to look like the 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 one I saw in the the movie. So I I love that they made that Shira in that vintage style on the red card back and everything. It's like cool. Yeah. Plus, that also solidifies the idea. It's like this is all one universe. Like sure. No, it's all part of one one thing. I mean, it would be interesting to see what else what else they do. I just hope they go beyond just filmation versions. like, and that's what worried me about what Mattel had presented when they they showed like just that case of He-Man variants. Mm-hmm. It just kind of made me feel like I hope that's not all they really are interested in doing. Yeah. It's like how how many times can we get away with reusing a He-Man buck yeah. again and again and again? Yeah. I'd like to think that if they really want to do something to celebrate He-Man, that they're going to give us something that we have never received before, or give us something we have and in, in, in treating it and, and paying homage to the line, and not just doing the whole. You know, like Barbie, just reusing the same figure right. over and over and over again. Yeah. Did, I mean, was it? Did that draw interest? Was there any buzz about that case of variants of He-Man stuff? Uh, honestly, like I, I, I don't. I think the slime pit one people were talking about because nobody that was new. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't. I don't think people were buzzing about like the the giant versions of yeah. Of the repaints of anti He-Man and Faker, and stuff. they're cool. Like it's, I love those characters, but it's like I didn't hear anybody like, "Oh my God, look at! Did you see that in the case?" Like, I didn't for me, know. yeah, in the forums of all the ones I went to, because all the vintage groups on Facebook, they mm-hmm. are most excited about Slime Pit, but they also were excited about just regular He-Man because of the actual head now looking like the vintage one, you know, the, the better face, not that goofy looking one that Maddie had that everybody said, what the hell happened to He-Man's head? So people are happy with that, but nobody really flipped. Some thought Prince Adam was kind of cool. Some maybe anti-attorney and faker, but that Wonder Bread concept with the black armor, almost nobody talked about that. They're like, yeah. Honestly, the, the Mattel thing people were talking the most about were, was Thundercats. Like, everybody yeah. was talking about Thundercats because... People want that, you know. It's like I don't know how well Mattel would do with like the masks and things like this. Like they're cool and they're really creative, and I I, I think Brandon is is really talented, and but I, I just don't see that people getting like super excited for that. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, Thundercats are a no brainer though. I mean, that's well, I'm, but, that but that's what worries me is that yeah. they they said they wanted people's thoughts of like I I would have thought just the disappointment oh. that Super Seven wasn't going to carry over classics Thundercats would have been enough, but then to hear the Thundercats roar reaction was just... Yeah. Oh, know. the dolls got a reaction. The people like were, were interested in the dolls. You know, the, the tall... Um, you know how they did the She-Ra doll? They did, like, yeah. they had, like, a whole line, and they had He-Man even, too. Uh, oh. He didn't get a good response. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, oh, no, but people were talking about, about yeah. it. I did the She-Ra it. dolls, all the females look great. You're right. Those females, every one of those dolls looked amazing. I like Evil Lynn. That was the one people were talking about. I was talking to Rick, Ricky uh, Campbell, Ricky Lyle Campbell. He is he's a huge Evil Lynn fan. And he was like really excited. And I, I thought the Evil Lynn was the best one of the bunch uh, there. She looked damn cool. She did. Uh, Sorceress something is, it's strange, I guess, to get a, you know, to do a cloth because, you know, something looks weird around her, her chest. Something just looks... Uh, Again, oh. I hate to say it, but I don't think that the lines would sell either. 
just because based on the sheer the, the sheriff figure like i mean it was it's awesome i have it but i waited until it was like maddie collector yeah that price was too much as an exclusive if they kept them around a 25 30 dollar price tag and did retail I, I could see them possibly selling pretty well but no that 75 when they did san diego comic-con exclusive people were like jesus and they held back and like you said there was what thousands of excess for that maddie collector yeah, yeah and it's a great toy i mean it looks i mean the packaging is yeah. phenomenal but it was too expensive. I mean, the price would, if they release those, the price would have to be way more reasonable, I think, for people to jump in. And then it's like, oh, and Snake Mountain was a big, that wasn't Mattel, it was super, oh, yeah. everybody was like drooling. It's amazing. I mean, it needs to be seen to be believed. That's just, the thing is just. It looks epic, and especially all the stuff and the accessories that are going to be oh, a part wow. of that. I mean, it looks amazing. Of the course, tentacles. you have to. See the tentacles coming out from the stick. Yeah, that's what I love. It's like, wow, the stick yeah. came alive. It's like that. It's Yeah, so, and, and sure, the set will probably be expensive, but I'm sure they'll have some kind of payment plan, and I'm sure they'll have more information about that coming up soon. But, yeah, it, it looks, it does look amazing. But as for the Thundercats, that I think that is a guaranteed seller. People were so disappointed the line stopped. I'm sure fans would go nuts for it. I don't even think there needs to be a hashtag, you know, we want Thundercats. I mean, Jesus, I guarantee you release those suckers, and I don't know if they would just do it online again or if they did retail. People yeah. would, they'd buy them up. People want those Thundercats. They've been wanting the rest of them, so... I think those are no-brainers. So yeah. I can see the excitement. I can understand it. I mean, the community, especially Thundercats community, they've been really going crazy, as are the Masters fans, because, yeah. well, they're using the same buck, so they feel like, you know, they can go together. Even yeah. though I've always liked different heights and styles, but whatever. Yeah. I have li I've got Lionel, um, but I didn't I didn't collect the Thundercats line. I think they're awesome. What? No, I, I think they're awesome. I like Thundercats, but I'm not, like, uh, you know, jihad about Thundercats. <laughs> I'm about He Man. I'm just like all about Masters of the Universe. I like. You're, I, you're not what about Thundercats? Say the word. I'm now? not. I'm not jihad about, about Thundercats. <laughs> uh, right. I like Thundercats a lot. I watched it as a kid. Uh, but I. I just, you'd be a Mumra the Ever Living girl. I, like, I, really... I almost bought Mumra. I I was it's very. It's a, it was the exclusive. But I almost bought it. But on if they did the was, Ever Living form. I bet you'd buy that. I you? will. Oh yes, I will. I'd, I might even go back and collect them at some point. I, I mean, I just, there's only so much I can spend money on, too. It's like all this stuff is, like, really expensive. <laughs> sure. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah, I will say He-Man Thundercats are the one thing that, I like above all else, I always make sure I've got money for that. Mm -hmm. But e everything else is like, yeah, I, I have to pick and choose because our wallets are only so deep. Yeah. And yeah, it's, so. an, it's unfortunate. It was a tough call, but I was like, I'm going to get Lionel, and then I'll just be happy with Lionel. So I got him. We got to have you on more, Danielle. We're going to try to do this maybe every two months, three months. I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever works for your schedule. Yeah, drop me a line. When I mean, I, I can't do it, obviously. You know, it's like I got other stuff, too. My, I teach oh, college. Uh, I start tomorrow. I got five courses this semester, so I have over 100 students this semester. I, teach I know Tyler. Tyler pisses you off. I understand. That's no, 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 I love. I love talking. To you guys. <laughs> it's always fun talking to you guys. But it's just like um, if we can do it, uh, drop me a line, and we'll figure out a time and uh, make it happen. And thank you for inviting me on. I really enjoyed it. I hope I. What didn't would be something that you would want to talk about on another episode? Would you want to do another commentary, a discussion, or character bio? What is something that you would really love to just? I mean, just sink your claws into and really dig deep on something that you get really passionate about on a, a forum or social media. <laughs> What's something that's, uh, that you would just like, Oh my God, like, you know, 
Is it a Chef Allen bio discussion? Is that no, what we no, have to do? Uh, I don't know. Like uh, we get anything. It, all of that is good. You know, whatever you guys want to talk about, it's, it's fine with me. I like, you know, we could talk. One thing I'd, I wouldn't mind talking about is like horror elements in Masters Years, but we did that kind of last Halloween, I think. Um, maybe we could talk about, um, I don't know, anything is fine. I, I like it all. So we can talk about whatever you guys want. You know? Yeah, there's plenty of things. Like so said, yeah. Discussion on a character, maybe even talking about some of those crazy kids stuff records with those unique stories. Those are always fun because so many people maybe haven't heard them or haven't heard them in years. But there's some unique stories in those that are quite interesting at times. But like you said, it's pretty much it. I know a lot of them are. Uh, I don't know if they're all on YouTube, but um, if you go on the org, like it doesn't work. It only works if I do it with uh, Internet Explorer. It won't work with Chrome or Firefox or anything else. If you want to use Internet Explorer and go to the org, they have all of the a lot most of those like the audio files are on there. You can listen, play, press play, and listen. I listen to like tons of them just through, by going to those archives and and okay. listening. I, they might be, are they on YouTube? Do you know? Yes, most are because you okay. can do the ones where they they show the pictures and listen okay. to, and then the ones that just have audio. Yeah, you can catch pretty much any okay. of them, along with a lot of those Ladybird uh, stories as well that okay. had the cassettes. So. Yeah, with that really weird kind of monotone actor. Uh, that I, me I and hope Tyler you don't like, plan wow. on doing that anytime soon. I don't want to listen to that guy. That, oh, Tyler, just, you should have heard him. When Tyler listened to that guy, he said, God, Joe, that man was painful. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I don't know. I said, now, when I was a kid listening to the kid stuff and other golden ones, those worked for me. But I could imagine listening to those Ladybird. I've never heard such... A monotone sound and the thing was remember tyler every time the guy did a voice it was just in different inflections like there was no changing of the voice just up or down but it was the same voice it was horrible <laughs> i mean I, I couldn't be a, imagine a child in the uk like having like like Jane, like little james e talk is watching <laughs> formation and he gets the ladybird books how, how do you how do you get into that <laughs> you, I mean, at least well, over here with the with the Golden Book VHS tape, the, the voice actors were trying to do a very good He-Man, Skeletor, Sorceress. Like you almost feel like they're they're doing their best to mimic filmation, whereas that is just like you know, the guy's probably puffing on cigarettes throughout each. Year. I know a lot of the fans who are into Ladybird Ladybird books like to read read them, so maybe they don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because uh, some of them, you know how it is with the stories, like with the Goldens or whatever. It's like. I kind of like listening and reading, but then when it came to that lady, where when I after heard that one, I was like, "Dear God, I'm reading this shit myself next time." There ain't no way I'm gonna listen to that guy. <laughs> it's, it's, the voices in your head, the ones you've liked to hear instead of the horrible. It, it, it was painful. It was painful. And oh, and Fedmon in the chat room said, "Hey, if we need to do a Kickstarter to get Danielle to come back on the podcast, we'll do it. We'll get some <laughs> <laughs> we'll Kickstarter to get you on." <laughs> I, I, I have, uh, hey guys, you, there's no you know. Like, I, I should pay you to come on here because that was really, I, I love talking about this stuff with you guys. So uh, it's like, I don't know, most of my friends here don't talk about, they don't, they're not in, they know I'm crazy for Masters of the Universe, but they're not into it. So uh, I, I, we, if we can get it together for like five minutes, usually Sundays, you know, I do family stuff, but at night, sometimes I can come on. I can't come on like constantly because everybody will get sick of me and they will never listen. It was, but uh, I don't know. I mean, having, having a female, but then again, it doesn't come off like Danielle's like the feminist of the group. It comes off like she's one of the boys. So that's why I don't. I don't think it would be anything like, oh god, hey, she comes on with her feminist point of view, and that 
you know, it's just a, well, a bunch of sexist I have a feminist point of view, but I... <laughs> no, oh, do you now? <laughs> it's always great. Yeah. Well, one don't thing... You, don't you guys? You should, I, I was going to say, Fedmon brought up something in the chat room that I did not know. Fedmon said some of the Lady Bird books tapes had more than the voice, one voice actor. Uh -huh. He said the big six story book, that one that I guess me and Tyler we discussed, that was the only one that had one voice actor. Well, I never knew that. And that's unfortunate because that's the one we went to was the one that had the big story. So, yeah, that, that was stained. a pain. I don't want to do them again. And he was like, nope. Even I was like, I don't care if those other ones have different ones. I don't want to do it. But no, thanks for Fedmon for letting us know. Because yeah, I never listened to the others. I just listened to the gigantic one, and it was a uh, that was a task. I tell you that. But well, Danielle, um, it, it has been an absolute pleasure. So I'll let Tyler say if there's anything he wants to say in closing before we wrap it up. But yeah, we're we're definitely gonna have you back um some more times. Definitely a lot more. Thank you. I I had a quick question. It's not He-Man related, but it is cartoon related too. Well, it kind of ties back to He-Man. Um, the, uh, your, your friends at, uh, on the run video store. Oh, those guys, they're not, I don't know them personally. Oh. I think I heard you say that on a podcast that I'm like, I'm friends with them. I'm like, I don't know them, but <laughs> you clearly I was under the impression that you were like, you hung out and you, you, you went to a Sunday brunch with them or something. No, like no. I think they do come to PowerCon sometimes. Like, uh, I don't know them personally. I just found out that they had that and I bought it a while, a few years ago. So, uh, and then when you were talking about, oh, it's the greatest adventures of all and uh, Skeletor's Revenge, I wish they'd released it on DVD. I was like, oh, I know. They did on bootleg, but it's, it's there, you know. So. Well, still, how do, how do I contact them? Because there was a question about, because I went to their website and I, um, I, I found Bionic 6 through Google search, but I can't find it on their store. So I was like, how the hell do I contact these guys to make sure that they actually have this to purchase? Do they not, they don't, know? they don't have a contact us link on their website. I don't recall seeing, I, I may have to, to check again, but I, I was I'll, looking I'll, specifically for that. And I just didn't know if I was missing I'll, it or not. I'll, check. I'll, I'll look into it. Um, when I, I mean, when I, I ordered it, I don't know if I, had any interaction with them like over email or anything like that but i'll look up i'll see if i can find out for you okay maybe i just missed it because I, I i always use my phone i don't use desktop hardly for anything or, or even my ipad uh, for that so maybe i just missed it but i it was one of those things where i was looking for it on the site it wasn't showing up but then i did a google search for it i found it on the google search and i just kind of felt like is this legitimate is it you know yeah so it just um, made me think to ask you about that yeah, maybe if you go, yeah, if you do the desktop, maybe there's, you can sometimes, yeah, sometimes stuff doesn't show up on the phone that you see on the desktop. So if there's a contact us link, that would probably be the way to do it. Um, but if not, okay. I'll look into it and see if I can find out for you. Okay. No, B, just thought I'd ask. But um, uh, Daniel, you got anything you want to plug before we uh, let you go here? Uh, no. Uh, Keep listening to the Fans of Power podcast. That's my plug. <laughs> no no, no so feminist sweet. movement you want to plug? No no feminist rally or anything like that you want to no what? promote or anything like that? No feminist rally or promotions? or uh, got, uh, oh, Attend yeah. all feminist rallies in your neighborhood, uh, <laughs> in Tyler's neighborhood. Make sure that you're barked right in front of his house. You you come off as like the, the I mean like the, the most non feminist I can imagine though. Like I, I just can't imagine you being the 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 quintessential feminist, so to speak. You you're too much like one of the boys. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I just, or is it just, I, I, just like what I like what I like. I do, you know, it's like I, I have I have my, my beliefs, but it's like we're I don't I don't know what uh 
like what do you what do you consider like, like, like have we ever what do you consider like, feminist, like, let me let me ask you like what do you mean like what do you, what do you consider feminist beliefs i don't I almost feel like saying like there should be more more female uh uh activity in master of the universe that kind of thing like saying like oh we need to put taylor more at the forefront or Evelyn needs to be doing a lot, like just constantly thinking, like you know, there should be more. Sammy, get the I hell out of this phone. I just think they should all be equally rep- represented, but I'm not saying they should be one should be more than the other. But I think, like, also oh, to me, that's not a feminist point of view at all. Then it should be like equal, like everybody in the show. Like, well, obviously, He Man is the main protagonist, but then Kira is the main protagonist of her show. So it comes but, to the meteors, just fuck them all. <laughs> There's no need for the meteors at all. Screw them. They don't belong in the line. I guess I'd say, like he, uh, Tila should be in it as much as Man at Arms, or uh, the, the you know the sorceress should be in it quite a bit. But she's mysterious, so you don't see her as as much as you see like the characters who live in the palace. You know that kind of thing. But well, at least that's the great thing when you think of Masters of the Universe. It is such a diverse world from Masters, the Princess of Power, of all the different you know cultures and races and you know of course it's it's fantasy so there's creatures and everything and genders it's like everything is being covered in masters and pop and that's what's great it's such a diverse world of you know combining all of them like you said masters pop and new adventures bring it all together and there's there's some some representation of everything imaginable Right. That's why you know, so that's yeah. what's great about it. You never have to worry about it, which is good. That's why when we do the podcast, like you said, it's it's never we're not going to get into politics yeah. or religion or anything. Oh like my that. god! Just, Dude, did you really think I was trying to start like a serious fight with Danielle over no, no, I, no? I was just no, you I did was just, too. No, I would say that was the good thing. I, I like, you were so like always like oh oh my god, like, nervous. Come on, nervous. man. We're just talking. We're just talking. I just I think I don't think. Like, if you look at, like, old... I, I love classic movies, but sometimes there is a degree of, like, okay, this is a product of its time, and that's... Women should be treated equally. To, like, it should be... Equal, everybody's a human being. Everybody should just be treated equally and given the same opportunities. So if, if we're talking in terms of a character in a cartoon, certainly the uh, a female character is just as... can be uh, just as compelling and... and interesting and well-written and, and uh, wonderful as the male character is as well and vice versa like we have they're just human being depictions of human beings and idealized heroes on on screen so uh, so i agree with that 150 percent though like i i guess i just kind of feel like I, I guess i was under the impression that when when we first talked to daniel about coming on here and she was going to give me your peace of mind about tila like that that's what i was well joe thinking. was setting that up the, the battle of the sexes there uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I was led to believe, and it turns out it was nothing like that. So no, no, I, I just because that's what I, I I'm, I'm completely always and I have always been for that, because I've always, that's one of the things the, the strongest things about He Man is that everybody is portrayed very, very uh, competently, very strong and interest, interesting and intriguing. Even though I always felt Taylor was just kind of a one note, you know, uh, you know, uh, just bitching all the time. <laughs> and I think that I think it's just poor writing on that part because he is a prominent character. I just that was just that was the only thing. God, Joe, I I'm sorry if I put you in panic mode there. 
For a second, I was nervous. Because I, I was, knew it. I knew it. You can't lie to me, dude. As long as we've been doing this here, it was. Just yeah, strictly... I, I got for a second. So I, was, I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ! This is this isn't gonna happen, is it?" No, <laughs> no, I, no. I'm no. I fumbling and Dale already knows. I don't like to do the whole like uh, politically correct bullshit and stuff like that too. But it's not like that's not that's not what we're here to talk about. It's it was just to kind of poke and jab at Danielle in terms of that whole battle of the sexes thing. That's all that was. God, dude. I don't watch the news. I don't follow politics. You gotta know better than oh, that. You do, you do always talk about badass alpha males. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, only because only because alpha there are no alpha males in, 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 in uh movies and stuff like that. And they're all you know, everyone's being just, <laughs> Good job, Tyler. Yeah. Way to fucking sidetrack it all. That's fantastic. All right. I'm so, just saying, like, I don't deny that that's something, but I'm not saying I'm trying to downplay the feminist movement in, in, uh, in comic books and, and uh, sorry, sword source and stuff. No, 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 no. Um, all right. Is, is that, did, did she take it that way? Like, I'm just curious. Daniel, did, 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 no, no, I'm just, I, I was just throwing it out there. because it was Okay. I was just. I, if I take, if I see an opportunity for for some fun, I, I will. Oh, well, that's what I want you to do. I, I, yeah, I, I want Joe to feel like he's going to shit his pants. Like, oh my god! I think that's it. You both were relishing, making me feel uncomfortable. Even though you see this big smile, you're wondering what the hell is happening behind the mask right now. His face must be like, what the fuck is going on? Because I was like, here we go. I don't want this. So, oh, thanks, thanks for putting me both in, uh, putting me in panic mode. The There's no way me and Danielle or I could ever have a legitimate. Fight. No. I, I just don't no. I don't think that's ever possible now. Okay, thank God. Yeah. All right. That's not there we go. Well um, well I'm just gonna end it with how what I always say. Have a powerful day. He did no plugs or anything. What what I mean he just he's not even thinking no, right. I, I don't yeah, I, I usually don't plug I don't plug even my site no more. I just forget. I don't know. It's just so so almost, my if we're gonna make her the regular female on here, then we have to do our regular endings. But is are we treating her like a regular guest where we don't do the plugs and the movie quotes and all that stuff? Oh no, you're gonna do that. I, are, are, I, are you I, saying because she's a woman on this podcast we're not gonna do what we would normally oh, do? No, I, I, I you're taking away my right to vote next. Here yeah. we go. No, she's no, Nazi. No, she can always do her. Like I said, my ending is have a powerful day. She could do her ending or whatever she says, and then you got to do the movie quote. So yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's try this again. All right, guys. I just want to thank everybody that joined us in the chat room. It was great having you here. Hope you enjoyed it. We love having you and all the interaction <laughs> we do. It's always a blast. And be sure to like and subscribe and ring that bell down there too, so you always get notified when we go live. I love having you. It was a blast having you, Danielle. Tyler, you're always a prick. And until next time, have a powerful day. Alfred, let's go shopping. Oh, well, that's easy. That's Batman. That's reference to, to Danielle's uh, long-awaited return on tapes and commentaries as well. That's right, the Batman commentary. Yeah. Good, good quote. Do, do I say, yeah. uh, have a excellent evening? <laughs> there you go. Oh, that'll work. That, that's it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye.